Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the podcast. Uh, this week's guest is Matt Purcell. Matt Purcell is a graphic designer, and he is one of my best friends slash uncle, and he came in today because he unfortunately couldn't make it in a couple weeks ago, but we got him in. I had a fun time talking to him. We had a really long conversation. We really didn't get into his career. We touched up on it, but we just got lost in the talk of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, hope you're all having a, hope you all had, because you might be listening to this later, have or had a good uh, St. Paddy's Day, and I hope you enjoy. Thanks. That's like the whole point is I get to be a nerd. Yeah. I just like I just like being a dork. I'm, I'm a dude. <laughs> you be you. Yeah. Let it fly. Well, uh, so uh, Matt Purcell, thanks for coming in, buddy. Shane Aldridge, how are you? I'm 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 doing wonderful. I'm doing wonderful. I'm happy you're here. I'm, I'm happy, happy I get I'm to here. do this with you. This is gonna be a fun time. For sure, uh, man. Uh, Matt Purcell, for those of you who don't know, is basically an uncle. Um, hand yeah, in my opinion, he's just my uncle. Uh. He's been best friends with my my actual biological uncle for thirty something years. Four, now. thirty-four years. Thirty-four years. <laughs> That's I've long. known him as long as I've known my own biological sister. <laughs> my sister is just under two years or twenty-four months younger than me. Oh, okay. And I've known Kurt since <laughs> I was two. So I grew up in the Kubitschek steel household, which your mother was one of the steels in that. She was. And uh, still is at heart. Yeah, dude. Your mom was my mine and my sister's babysitter at times throughout our lives. And your Aunt Tony was our babysitter. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've just known Kurt and your mom and your grandma, yeah. aunts, uncles, everybody. <sighs> For most, <laughs> most of them, as long as they've been in the picture. Yeah, longer than I've been alive. Right. <laughs> oh, no, for sure longer than you've been alive. Because I specific, I was like 10 or 11 years old when you were born. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> oh, my mouth is getting really dry really fast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. It's a little hot in here. Yeah. I got mints, just so you know. So oh, if you right want. on. Uh, just for like. Producing saliva. Yeah, to talk. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, so, ca- so that you know that dry mouth doesn't uh, continue. Yeah, and to torture us <laughs> all the time. Yeah, so you know, um, my relationship with your entire family has been around since before you and all of your the cousins in your generation yeah. have been born. So, um, yeah, my grandma's basically your aunt. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, Dude, just so many amazing times growing up in, in with your family, you so know? Many, yeah. <laughs> so many, like, weird, crazy, just straight Well, you up. got them when they were younger, so that's when I oh. get to enjoy the stories, because you I was to in, hear all the dirt about my mom. <laughs> I, I was in kindergarten. I specifically remember this. I was in kindergarten when your mom was in high school. Yeah. And the high school that we went to at the time was really, really small, so... 
the just for lack of space, they brought the all of the kids in the district went to kindergarten in a wing of the high school. Oh my god! So we would go to like recess and gym class and all of that kind of stuff, and we would have to walk through yeah. the halls of the high school. Five year olds with <laughs> 13, 14, 15, 16 year olds, you know, like. Uh, so I remember walking down the hallway one day, and your sit or I'm sorry, your mom was a high school student, and she was at a locker. Uh-huh. And I'm the five year old, and I'm like, "Hi, Kelly," <laughs> waving to her and shit, you know, like. So, I mean, she, yeah, but I, 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 I'm gonna guess what happened. Was she embraced it because? Oh, she's of course, my mother. <laughs> of course, and because she had a little brother, and this yeah. was her little brother's, you know, best friend. And it's right. like, if anyone were to be like, "Oh, I can't believe you waved at that five year old," you're a dipshit, like. Who doesn't wave at a five-year-old waving at you, right. you know? And Kelly was, your mom was a popular girl. She was cute and, you know, yeah. big 80s hair, just embracing the 80s. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, um, oh, another another time I remember walking through the hallway uh, in, in the high school as a kindergartner um, was during their homecoming. Yeah. They did... Uh, they did a welcome to the jungle theme for homecoming. <laughs> and to a five-year-old, it was the coolest thing in the world. They Absolutely. had like tassels hanging from the, the doorways right. and you know, all this crazy shit. The, the, the you know, construction paper all over the walls and everything. And it was welcome to the jungle because Guns N' Roses Welcome to the Jungle was popular yeah, yeah. at that point. It was like 88 <laughs> or something like that, 89. Um, yeah, man, but uh you know your whole your whole family. You know they've just been kind and giving to me my entire life and made me feel a part of the family. So, you know, obviously when your mom and your aunt Tony and everybody start having kids, yeah. it's like we grew up with you growing up. We were just doing it watching you growing up, right. like ten years older than you. So, you know, Kurt and I have definitely had our ups and downs, ins and outs, where we see each other, we don't see each other, or you know we. We're hanging with different people and, yeah. you know, we've definitely, we've been, we've been thick and we've been thin yeah. many, many times throughout our 34 year relationship. I don't know? doubt that. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but he is. A relationship takes work, mm-hmm, Matthew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, that is 100% true. You know? um, Regardless of what type of relationship. Right. Right. You know, Kurt is my my brother in arms. He's my, you know, he's my confidant. He's the guy that I go to for virtually everything. Yeah. But we're two different people. 100% two completely (laughs) different people. And nothing against what I do or what he does or anything like that, you know. But that's what makes us human. That's what makes us individuals that's the best part about you too right he's the he's the yang <laughs> i'm the your, yin to his yang yeah you're the yin to his yang because yeah. when it comes to both of you and this is why you two are so you know as a friendship you two are so interesting is the fact that kurt is the wild one kurt's kurt's the wild card you don't know what he's going to do right and that's what's attractive about him mm-hmm. because you have this bubbly personality um, and very charismatic man yeah. who embraces himself and understands himself, and he, he, <laughs> he wants to party. You want to party, but you want to party 
on your terms. <laughs> I li- I like the idea of wanting to party more than I actually like being at the party. Right. You know, like yeah. for, for me, the typical like early twenties, yeah. po- like post twenty one uh-huh. age of of Kurt and I was like, and I mean, this is all essentially hypothetical, but. This is how it went, like how it typically went. I'd show up over at your grandma's house. Mm -hmm. Kurt was, you know, whether he was, whether Tony was living there at the time or your your grandma was. And I'd show up at at the house and, and, hey, man, what are we going to do tonight? Oh, man, you know, like I was talking to this girl earlier and, you know, uh, we're going to do, we're going to, you know, there's, there's a party at this house. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, what are we going to do after that? And he's like, well, before that, you know, we're going to swing by. We'll pick up Pete, our buddy Pete Spangle, who, yeah, yeah. you know, we, we, our, our early 20s were, were spent with Pete. Right. You know, and um, I actually still work with Pete. So I see mm-hmm. him, you know, three times a week or whatever. Um, and it was like, all right, well, we'll swing by. We'll pick up Pete. We'll go and we'll go to this house party. Yeah. We show up at the house party and Kurt walks in like, Fucking, you know, rock star. Pete dear, dirts off and, and finds, you know, finds a beer real quick or whatever. <laughs> and then I'm just kind of standing there. And mo- 99% of the time, yeah, it's some person that Kurt worked with at Starbucks or it's some guy he met on the train yeah. or some, you know, group of kids, group of, you know, same age kids that he ran into at the mall. It was like... Every time I turned around, Kurt was making new friends somewhere. <laughs> somewhere, Kurt's making new friends, and it's a personality him and my mother share. Oh, one hundred percent. You know, and everybody um, knows. Everybody yeah. knows my mother. Oh yeah, and everybody knows Kurt Kubitschek. <laughs> Kurt Kubitschek will be on when he comes and visits us. Yeah, I mean, right now he's living in Los Angeles, newly wed. You know, doing his thing and. Working his ass off and trying working to on some projects. Yeah, trying to trying to hit the next bit next big thing and and you know he's he's doing well for himself. But back in these days, like <laughs> I think I was in college around this time or or just out of college. Um, for those of you who don't know, I went to the Illinois Institute of Art in Schaumburg, Illinois, for uh, visual communications, which is a fancy, very expensive term to say I work in graphic design. Gotcha. Uh, digital arts, uh, web design, web development, that kind of stuff. I own my own design uh, company, design company and um, like design, printing, signs. Yeah, I like the Bucktown logo. Yeah, thanks, the man. Bucktown logo. I yeah. know there's a few that others, but Bucktown was like, whoa. Yeah. That's a cool. That yeah. That's a cool logo. It was. It was pretty cool. I um, that that guy I've been working with, uh, the guy who owned. Bucktown Gallery. Okay. I've been working with him for about 15 years off and on gotcha. various projects and he's a mover and shaker photographer and cool. um you know he's he's started some some companies and yeah. done a bunch of really really ambitious stuff and um you know he luckily still comes back to me for design work and awesome. printing work and stuff like that. So um you know I'm really appreciative of of all of the people that yeah. I work with and you know I mean this is kind of a weird segue that we've gotten into to talking about my career. I was just telling, I was uh, really in the middle of a story about 
your uncle, my best friend. We'll get back there. Um, but yeah, so um, uncle. Actually, best friend. I, I kind of want to. I kind of want to go back there because that I feel like that's more interesting than than what I do for a living and yada yada. yada Matt's a very good designer. <laughs> well, thank you. He's being he's very being very modest right now and wanting to go back to the interesting stuff, but his life is. I enjoy your work. So, thank you. Yeah, thank yeah, you yeah, very absolutely. much. You know, I've been and you work with slap ass and yeah. yeah um, all right, I, I guess we'll go down this road for a minute. A minute, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So um, the owner and creator and the the brainchild of Slap Ass Creations is one of my very best friends, uh, Matt Sheck. Um, slap Ass Creations is a art and clothing company uh, based out of the McHenry, Illinois area. And Matt has been producing his own genuine brain butter brand for, I mean, it's over 10 years now. I think like 13, 14 years or something. Um, He's going to actually be at C2E2, the comic convention, uh, next weekend. Awesome. He's going to have a booth. uh, I think this is his third or fourth year in a row that he's at a booth at, um, at C2E2, which... If you haven't gone to C2E2, it's a killer time. Dude. Yeah, like, I'll have to go. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going this year, but I've, I've been the last two or three years, yeah. and uh, it's a trip, man. I mean, I hear you guys talking about your Pokemon and magic <laughs> and all that kind of stuff, and you know, there's a, definitely a place for that. You know, it's not so much my thing, yeah. but um, you know, no, no, nothing against doing it. You guys, yeah, yeah. You're, you're pretty worked up about it, so you know if. If it gets the fires burning, do it. It's just a nice hobby. Yeah, it's man. one of those things that it kind of keeps me sane. I get it. And I, I get to hang out. And I, it's another excuse to hang out with my buddies, shoot the shit, and just play a game that we all understand. And we, 100%. And we dude. all can work our minds with. Yep. So uh, it's like a party chess. Like it, it's party like chess. chess. Yeah, but okay. you just, yeah, yeah. All right. Because chess is very serious. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean... And it's strategic, and yeah. it's you know it, and it works. And there are other forms of the game that are like chess. That okay, are just straight serious. There's tournaments. People make a living off of it, kind of deal. They're like world championships and shit like that. I'm the world champion of magic. <laughs> hey, the man, gathering. They make fifty grand or a hundred grand off those shit. Dude, so I mean, they probably got like sponsorships in the fucking in the magazines <laughs> and on the website. They're standing up yeah, there. And they're video, like, there's, there's, "This is my best card, motherfucker." There's a documentary called "Enter the Battlefield." Enter I, the battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Yeah, Enter the Battlefield. It's on Netflix. Check it out <laughs> Woo. if you want to learn about magic. On Netflix, on dude. Netflix, on bro. Netflix, Hell yeah. Dude, Kurt's got something that's potentially going to be on Netflix. I'm impressed. I'm I know. I'm super excited for him. proud for him. For him. Yeah. You know, so I, don't know if, I don't know if we can mention it or anything. I don't think we could say anything about We could say that we know about it. Well, yeah, we, we know about it, but who it is and what it is. And un- yeah. You know, unfortunately, it's not the time for that yet. But um, no spoiler alert on life. <laughs> yeah, can't do it, man. You know, there's a there's a code of code of arms, code of bro- I, don't, I keep saying that uh, code of brotherhood that you just you know snitches get stitches. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, you and Kurt were. Oh, dude. So yeah, like at a, a party. A, t- a typical <laughs> night was we just like we randomly drove around. I was usually. I, was always the driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Kurt and Pete, or just me and Kurt, or I'm normally, you know, I'm normally the driver too. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you know, and 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 leading up to it, like I think that's that was always like my favorite time. It was like leading up to it, and what 
once you got there, what it could be, what the party could be, what could happen, you know, because you could you could walk in and there could be three people fucking yeah. sitting around drinking YooHoo, and you're like, <laughs> oh, I thought this was a party, or you could get there and there could be like six people and they're like, oh yeah, well, people haven't started showing up yet. Uh, I don't know, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Those are the stoner boners. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like the people who just don't plan a party or they're not, you know, like when you're younger, yeah, you know, yeah. popular enough um, for people to show up to their party. So like we'd go to these parties and, you know, mind you, we're like 21, 22 at this time. And, you know, some of the parties that we're going to have like, you know, underagers or whatever. So yeah. they're like house parties and whatnot. And I mean, I've been to some raging house parties, <laughs> but more often than not, I show up to basically people standing around in their clique with their, with their friends. Okay. And when you're not the guy who made the new friend or you're not the guy who doesn't care about talking to people and <laughs> just wants to fucking drink their booze, <laughs> and you're kind of standing there and you're like, well, I don't know a single soul. <laughs> and no one is like, hey, man, what's up? Yeah. You know? And for me, anytime I've tried to like weasel my way into the conversation, yeah, yeah, yeah. it usually falls pretty hard, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, excuse me. It's like, uh, who is this guy? Right. You know, we've known each other for, we've all known each other, you know, since middle school or whatever. And this fucking random, you know, (laughs) random dude. Yeah. You know, I mean. Encroaching on my territory. Yeah. Like, just, (laughs) uh, what, why are you here? Kind of thing. So it's just, you know, it's just that whole dynamic, that high school, college dynamic of like social, social settings and things like that. So, you know, the thing, but the thing too was Kurt was already in it. Yeah, he yeah. was already like, so now I'm stuck because I came with him and I'm not going to be able to be like, yo, dude, let's roll. Let's get out of here. This is <laughs> fucking lame. You know, um, I'd have a better time going back to, you know, one of our places and fucking hanging out. You know, one, once we once we got a little bit older and we, you know, and I had a place, it was like, let's just get out of here and go back to my place and fucking watch, t- watch a movie and, you know, hang out, hang out, have some beer, smoke some dope, whatever, you know, like, yeah. and just chill. Yeah. Cause I'd rather be hanging out with you guys than meeting anyone, <laughs> anyone here at this party. So as I got older and like, not even with Kurt, I just kind of took myself away from that. Yeah. You know, like I don't, want to go to parties i don't yeah. want to be meeting new people yeah you know, i i want to meet new people but i want to meet new people in a normal way yeah you know like hey shane comes over and he's got his buddy you know bill yeah <laughs> what's, what's up bill how you doing what are you into who are you like what's going on you're exactly, in my place exactly or, or whatever we meet at a bar or something like that or yeah. like a restaurant or something and, you know, and it was just like, I felt like every time I would go to these parties and I would go to these bars and shit and it was like, what am I going to, what am I doing? I'm going out here to see if I can like, oh, see if I can pick up a chick and get laid. Like, yeah. you know, for the most part, uh, like I didn't go to school, like I didn't, uh, 
I didn't live on campus. Yeah. Um, I commuted. I I, only, I lived about forty five minutes away from forty forty five minutes away from uh, from Schaumburg, where, where my school was. Yeah. And I would just commute every day that I had to go to school. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have those those college relationships. I talked to one guy still to this day, like fifteen years after I graduated from college. I talked to one guy, and um, you know he he lives out in Addison, like. Not very far, an hour drive or an hour or hour twenty minute drive or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I maybe see him once a year. <laughs> you know, so it's like I don't really, I, I never really gained those college college friendships. Right, right, right. But I kept so many like high school small town friendships. Yeah. You know, so um, you know, obviously Kurt and I, you know, but Kurt fucking he bailed, man. He he bailed when he was twenty two. Bailing, not in that negative of a light of the word bailing. No, 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 no. It it wasn't negative. He um he got the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, he he had dreams and aspirations to um to move out to California, and you know he moved out in uh I don't remember. It was like like two thousand three, two thousand four, somewhere around there. Um, and he he and one of our other friends, Tim Bailey, um, Tim had already been living in. California for like two or three years yeah and Tim came home for the summer and had something something going on I don't know if it was a family thing or he just he was he he was winding down with getting sick and tired of the California lifestyle and he Tim didn't go out there for any aspirations of like oh I'm gonna be a movie star or model or anything like that Tim was like right. I'm gonna move out to California because the weather is nice and you know maybe I can make a living uh-huh. kind of thing um and so Tim had come home for the summer and Kurt was seeking to get out there Yeah, and they kind of form or they kind of came together and Tim was like, well, I'm going back out there for the next like six months to a year to, to finalize, finalize all my stuff and get all my stuff. And then I'm going to come back. Yeah. And Kurt was like, well, that would be awesome. Like I can kind of go out there with you and, you know, figure, figure it out from there. And they, they had an, they had this, um, they had this house that was like tons of people. There was like fourteen guys living in like a five bedroom house, um, and they were, but they were like, uh, you know, they were, they were, they were kind of far out from from Los Angeles, from uh, from Hollywood, and all of that. So Kurt was out there, and then he ended up in Arizona, mm-hmm. and. He came back for like two summers after that because he was doing some some golf stuff. Um, you know, he's he was a he was a really good golfer in high school and and played golf in college, and then um, you know got the PGA certification and it just wasn't for him. It wasn't what he wanted to do and what he wanted to pursue in his life. So you know, I commend him for being like, hey, this may be a talent that I have and something that I'm decent at, but. I don't want to do it and I'm just going to, I'm going to follow my, my dream, you know? And he ended up in Arizona after that for a good amount of time where he would only come back for like, you know, two weeks at a time, maybe in the beginning of the summer or like around, you know, the holidays, Christmas and whatnot. Um, I would say probably a good portion of your teenage years. He was doing that. Yeah. He was gone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He didn't really start. He didn't really start coming back. Uh, until I was like 17, 18 years old. Yeah, he was yeah. he he was out there. Like yeah. he had <laughs> So but at the with time that, he couldn't come back. With that, it's like you have to keep in mind that so much of mine and Kurt's relationship over the last like 
12, 14 years maybe. Yeah. Has been like little chunks here and there. You know, like yeah, I'd, yeah. Go out, I'd go out to Arizona when he was living in, right, in right, Tempe right. and we'd spend a week together. We love Tempe. Um, yeah, dude. It was, it was a blast. I just ended up going out there way too many times. <laughs> the last time I went out there, I told him, I'm like, dude, I cannot spend more time in the Tempe Scottsdale, uh, you know, area. Yeah. You know, and I was like, what are we going to do? I'll come out. I'll fly out to, to Phoenix. Yeah. But I don't want to stay around there. Right. We got to do something. And this is the beauty of Kurt. You know, he asks all the people that he knows because he moves out to a, a new place and he's got a whole new peer group within, you know, six weeks. And you're just like, <laughs> wait, what? You've got like seven, eight friends already? Yeah. He's like, yeah, man. You know, I just, you know, I was, I was at, the grocery store and I met this girl and I was at, you know, the, uh, whatever I was at the bookstore, you know, Kurt, Kurt loves going to the bookstores. Yeah. It's, it's weird because it's not for the reason that most people would think it, it is. It's like, Kurt's like, dude, let's go to the bookstore. And I'm like, mm, okay, what are you going to try and like pick up chicks or something? He's like, no, I want to look at some books. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> He's so, he's so slick. It's, but it's not slick. You, this is what you have to realize about him. Like knowing him as long as I know, as I've known him, like the things that sound slick yeah. are just genuine. I know. He and just here's, likes to and talk here's to the people. Thing. That's what I mean. He right. just knows how to talk to people. We were, we were brought up on fucking 80s John Hughes movies. Dude. I know. Listen to this. So listen <laughs> so to this. So I. Right, right. But you had it in like the second generation. So fuck off. What the fuck? <laughs> no. Like my mom was from that time. That's no, I understand that. But listen to this. So listen to this. So when, when Kurt and I were kids, yeah. we would be like, we'd be boys playing our G.I. Joes or we had these fucking... First run Star Wars toys. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, we Grandma like, Judy still has those. Yeah, she bitches. does. Of course she does. <laughs> she understands the value. <laughs> but the funny the thing sentiment. is, we did not understand the value. So there are pieces missing. There oh, are absolutely. pieces burned up. There are pieces chewed up. Um, that, so that that aspect of all of it is why toys are great. Yeah. When people start looking at toys as value, it just takes away the magic just of toys. Leave it, leave it be, man. Just leave it be. But but the funny thing is, so They're supposed like, to be played with, right? So so Kurt and I would just be like on the floor in the family room of you know your your mom's childhood home, and we'd be playing whatever. The beautiful thing that um, your grandma Judy and your grandpa Keith had was that they had a house full of girls. Yeah, that. We're of babysitting age. Yep. By the time that Curtin and you know Curtin his friends were, um, you know, really kind of rambunctious and 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 around, yeah. so they just constantly had babysitters. <laughs> and because of that, like Curtin and I, you know, I was over at Kurt's house playing and doing our thing, whatever. And it just became like, tone. You know, Judy wasn't there, or Judy had to run out for something, and Kelly was watching us for two hours or yeah. Tony, Tony watched us for half the day or something like that. And, you know, yeah. and like your grandma was working and, 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 you know, Tony would pick us up from the rec center or something, you know, some crazy shit. Um, 
Tony and, and my mother, Antonia and my mother, are bred for motherhood. Oh yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. they were they were ready to be moms. Oh, yeah. real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, like, <laughs> dude, I lost my train of thought. I don't know where I'm going with all of this anymore. There's so much to like. Yeah, you this follow is, a thread this is with a and life, shit. This is a lifetime of stuff. It is that you've experienced with my. My family, right, my, right, my, right, right, one hundred percent. My but, people, so, so my like, clan. So, I mean, in my story of like the party scene and all of that kind of stuff, the stuff with Kurt was really early on, like yeah. you know, underage, like under twenty one, and and only like a year and a half, two years post twenty one. So, right. you know, after Kurt left and he moved out west for the next decade. Yeah. Um, I kind of became for a little while, I kind of became a little bit of a shut in. Like I didn't gotcha. want to do much. I was hanging out with my cousin who is a great guy. Um, and he, uh, you know, he, he, he made good money. Like yeah. let's not beat around the bush. The guy was making killer money at like 26 years old. He's making like, you know, close to six figures and you're like holy shit what are you doing with all of that and yeah. he's just blowing it man just <laughs> just having a ball i mean right I, I i i think i probably would go that route too i mean he wasn't like dangerous you know like doing a yeah, bunch yeah. of crazy fucking drugs or anything like that but he was like he wanted to party like he wanted to go out and and i kind of replaced you know kurt's outgoingness and, and charisma with my cousin who, you know, he on paper seemed like, like it seemed on paper, like they would have been opposite Gotcha. on paper. It seemed like my cousin would have been the outgoing charismatic, you know, the guy who just kind of has it all. He wears the suit. He's got the money. He's got the girl, you know, gotcha. but it was kind of the opposite. And my cousin kind of, after a couple of drinks would, would kind of put off a, a, a off putting vibe, you yeah. know? And, um, so I spent a lot of time in my like mid twenties, mid to late twenties, kind of coddling that situation. Not so much coddling my cousin because my cousin's a big boy. He's two years older than me. So like, right. He's he's a grown ass man, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> and um, it it just kind of put me in this more like protective role, like protect myself, protect my family kind of thing, you know, because he would put people off, and and you know there would be an under a misunderstanding, and you yeah. know, and it was just it just started getting really old, and for me, like I I have just come to find out in the last month that um, I was, I was struggling from like, I would always get heartburn anytime I drank any kind of booze, you know, like debilitating heartburn, like just acid in my fucking throat and it just hurt and it was terrible. And I was like, well, it seems like uh, beer, alcohol, you know, that kind of stuff is, it's just, Toxic. It's toxic to my body. <laughs> like my body doesn't want to work with it, you know. Weird. And 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 I just and I and I was just like, well, I'd rather not have that feeling than drink. And it's funny because it's become so much a part of my lifestyle the not drinking thing. Yeah. That um, most people who who know me, 
know me, they know me as a non-drinker and they assume that like, I don't drink for some type of like addiction reason or anything yeah. like that. Like I'm not, I, I, I feel like I'm one of the most non-addictive people ever. I have an addictive, I, I agree with you. You seem to, you don't have to like, dude. Okay. Let's be honest. I have magic cards, okay? This sure. is an addiction to yeah. this, all right? <laughs> okay. I have a collection. That, right. That's a, it's, a, it's not a bad addiction because I can stop it. Well, but that's the thing. And it's not chemical. So that's, that's the thing. I kind of look at that, like what you're talking about, as that's not so much. I wouldn't use the, the word addiction as much as I would use like passionate yeah. or, or um, you know, if it's, if it's unhealthy, obsessive. Right, right, right. You know, like, um, I say that about my dad all the time. Like, my dad is not an addictive guy. Right. My dad can walk away from whatever the fuck he wants whenever the fuck he wants to. Right. But whenever he finds something that he likes, yeah, he goes 110%. Like, he dives headfirst into it, and he doesn't give a fuck about anything else around him kind of right. thing. Like, And I'm like, he's not addictive, He's obsessive. Yeah. You know, and it's like, wow, that's a really crazy distinction to make. Right. You know, so like the the words that you use, and this is what I've come to learn in the last few years, is like the words that you use have a different tone for the explanation that you're trying to give. Yeah. Um, but we were talking about alcohol and the addictiveness, so that's kind of why I probably used the sure, 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 yeah, sure. Yeah, it was just, no, I, I see where you went down that thread, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so in my situation, like I was just like, or and now I have people that are like, introduce me if I'm at a bar or I'm at a party or something like that, and they're like, hey, this is Matt, and the person that I'm meeting is like, hey, Matt, you wanna you want a beer? And I'm like, oh no, thank you. And the person will be, you know, I've had this happen a couple of times where the person's like, he doesn't drink. And like, it's they, so like they might not get like aggressive about it or they're like, he doesn't drink, you know? And it's like, it's not that I don't drink. It's that I don't want yeah. what could happen. Right. You that know, like, sense. and it's just, it's just easier to be like, yeah, man, you know, I'm not a big drinker. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I've, when I've had the guys on, obviously whoever listens, sometimes here's freaking the ice clinging i normally have a drink but that's just in the beginning i was like okay i need something to calm me down but dude i mean you take you take your social cues from the people around you and i am the last person to say that yeah i don't think that people should drink i don't give a fuck what anyone does absolutely you know like <laughs> I, I have i have i've tried to live by a certain kind of motto in my life and it's just be fucking cool like seriously, dude. Like, <laughs> pay, you know, I pay attention to politics. I'm not a politic guy. Yeah. You know, like, I, I had a moment where I was like posting shit and all this kind yeah. of stuff, and you know, I had people like, you know, you, you, when you put your when you put those types of sensitive opinions out there, yeah, you you're open just, you open yourself up to people treating you differently. You're stirring the pot. Exactly. Exactly. And you might you might be agreeing with. 99% of the people in your peer group or, or whatever. Yeah. But that 1% is like, you're putting it out on the, on the form. You're putting it out on the platforms that you're going to get a response. Right. 
whether or not you're going to enjoy that response right. is irrelevant. Right. You're and the I mean, one putting the information out there. Right. And once you do, you're asking for oh, it. Oh, for sure. For and sure. And whether or not you're going to get it, cool. If you don't get an angry response, whatever. Most of the time on Facebook, no one likes anything. Yeah. No one gives a shit. They just look at it and they're like, all right, scroll next. All I ever do. (laughs) At least that's me. I just kind of do it to see if I can find a funny video. Right. And then I go on Instagram just to be like, all right, what's everybody up to? Cool, Dude, peace. I don't even do that. I'm I'm a ghost of social media, man. Like I, I have I don't I do have... anything on them. I just look at it. The only thing I do now is post when this is live. Yeah. That's the only time I post anything. Right. I don't I'm not gonna put my opinion out there because people are gonna listen to this and my opinions here. Yeah. And they can hear me in context actually talking about For sure. something. One hundred percent. Yeah. So and I have the whole thing. So if anybody ever comes at me with something and they take it out of context, I can just be like, hey, you want to go fucking listen to that again, yeah. guy? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, so, so you know, with that, with that kind of stuff being said, it's like going back to the whole drinking thing. And it's like, so I took myself out of this whole kind of like party scene in right. your like mid-20s, post-college, you know, like mm-hmm. early career kind of stage. But... um you know, I'm I, I would, at 25 years old. I met a girl, and and you know, within like six months of dating, we or I moved. I bought a I bought a condo, um, like 30 minutes away from from where I was living uh, with my mom, and I just you know within six months of that, she was living with me, and we ended up you know together for two years, split up for a time, got back together for another you know whatever many years. Um, so in that, in that sense, it was like, okay, I don't want to go out to the bars, but she liked going to the bars. Right. And that was a big struggle for me in that relationship of saying like, you know, this is not what I want to do, but I understand that this is something that you want to do. So we need a compromise here. And, And the hardest part about that was like, compromise wasn't and like neither one of us was willing to compromise enough gotcha for it to be like hey you know like i just want to chill at the house or watch a movie and you know like go to bed together or whatever <laughs> and you know for the first two plus years that we were together she worked a job locally yeah and then um after that time she uh became a flight attendant yeah so she was based out of uh, San Francisco, mm-hmm. and she would commute between Chicago and San Francisco. Right. And it was like, because she was commuting, it was such a, a long travel, you know, like the, the day of travel home, the day of travel back was just such a long process yeah. that she would bunch her, her trips together. Gotcha. So... Early on in the relationship, you know, like I, or early on in her having that career. Yeah. Um, and she grew up in that. Mm-hmm. Her dad was a pilot. Uh, her sister and brother in law are pilots. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't know all that. <laughs> yeah. Her, 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 her um, second oldest sister was a, she went to flight attendant training and now she works TSA, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, her whole family. They just want to travel. Oh, and then and, and then they like flying. Her oldest sister's or her older her oldest sister's husband is 
a mechanic for United. <laughs> so it's like everyone in their family is associated with the, with aviation. So for her, it was just the norm. For me, it was chaos. Right. You know, it was something I didn't grow up in. I didn't fully understand right off the bat, all of this kind of stuff. And then, of course, you talk to people, you know, you talk to guys or whatever, and they're like, oh, your girlfriend's a flight attendant. Well, you could do whatever you want when she's not around. She could do whatever you, whatever she wants when you're not around. And, you know, like there's this like seed Ooh. of doubt that's like set and everything. So yeah. in the it was a struggle for me in the very beginning. That's and some toxic shit to put in someone's head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... You know, you never you never know where you find these people. And I, I worked in restaurants for for a minute there um, in my twenties. Actually, I worked in restaurants pretty much throughout my twenties. So uh, college, and then like after or uh, uh, a second job, I would do a couple shifts at a, at a restaurant. You know, I was working a full time uh, design job for yeah. a company. I worked there for six and a half, seven years. And um, I'm on a nice little break from the service industry right now. Oh, dude, it's the greatest thing to be on a break from the service industry. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not working at a place that's like, for me, like, woo, it's a job and I appreciate my job and I like my boss and I, I like working there, but that last little thing that I had with the service industry was just like, nah, bro, I can't do this for a while. (laughs) (laughs) That fucked fucked me up. That was some twisted shit. Yeah. No. So I, you know, I would, I worked at a couple of different restaurants throughout the years and, you know, you and I actually worked, we didn't work at Lindy's together. No, but we both did. But we both worked at Lindy's. (laughs) I actually worked with Elliot. Yeah. yeah. um, At Lindy's. And Mickey too, right? I don't know who Mickey is. All right, never mind. No. You never worked with Mickey, but you no. worked with Elliot. I worked with Elliot, and then I worked with his mom. Yeah. Um, and then I worked with a couple other people at Lindy's. And, um, you know, it was, I was only there for like two, three months, dude. Right. It was such a shell shock to me yeah. because <laughs> prior to that, I had worked at corporate restaurants. I worked at a Bennigan's, which doesn't even fucking exist anymore. Um, and then I worked at, <laughs> I worked at a Chili's dominated that shit. <laughs> dude, no, dude. It was I don't know what Damn it was, man. Bennigan's was the shit though, it dude. Was it was so really good. good. Yeah, it was good. And I worked there for like two and a half years. And then I went over to um an Applebee's. Gotcha. And they had just built an Applebee's the one that I worked at. And okay. I worked and I worked there with a couple of really good dudes. Uh, a couple that I well, Pete. Pete and I seem to find each other in the same jobs all the time. It's so weird. Pete and I worked together at Bennigan's. Yeah. We worked together at Applebee's. Yeah. We worked together at Kona Grill. And then now we work together at a digital marketing firm yeah. called Logical Position, <laughs> where Pete is the general manager of the sales floor in the Chicago office. And one of our very, very good friends, Chris Vale, is the vice president of SEO yeah. Um, for the company. So, you know, it, it's a great, great company. And um, I'm very lucky and happy to have a friend like Chris and Pete who, yeah. you know, would vouch for me in in, good in that. Yeah, they're great guys. Great guys. Um, you know, and um, and yeah, man, I mean, I work with a great team we're, de- we're we develop websites, the department that I work in, we build uh, we build websites. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, we just, you know, 
get it get it going for companies like small to medium sized businesses, um, yeah. you know, startups, things like that. And we just That's awesome. We we you know we have a whole sales floor in seven different offices around the country. That's awesome. Um, so the sales floor is like doing uh, telemarketing basically, and they're cool. call, they're calling businesses daily. Um, and then we have an SEO department. We have a writing department. We have a right. You know, we our headquarters in Portland, Oregon. So it's like all the. I mean, this is like a Fortune 500 company, dude. Like yeah. it's a it's a big company. So, um, you know, it's it's pretty dope. I'm I'm really happy that I was given the opportunity to to do that. So, right. um, so yeah. But um, I fucking forget what I was talking about again, dude. <laughs> I, this is ridiculous. We, I know it's. See, it, we I go keep down, going off on these tangents. We go on rabbit holes. That's what's great about it. But anyway, I was giggling while you were talking about all that stuff because I just remember a tale. With good old Pete. <laughs> oh, Petey Pete. Was and it when the, he blasted you? Baseball yeah, dude. Incident, dude. That was great. That was great. At the time, I was playing baseball, and Kurt comes along with Matt Purcell and Pete. <laughs> well, a little bit of context. Your Uncle Kurt and I were both avid athletes in yeah, yeah. our childhood, uh, in high school and everything. So. You guys when, were like 21, 22. Yeah. In this I, I mean, we might have even been younger than that. We might have been like 19, 20, something like that. But Oh, yeah, yeah, You were 19. Cause, <laughs> yeah, because I was like nine years old. <laughs> right, right. So, um, so yeah. So, we, you know, we stopped over at your house. Um, Kurt needed some, needed to get something from your mom or tell her something or whatever. And this is like, yeah. this is like right when cell phones became a thing. So, mm. you didn't use cell phones for every little thing. Um, yeah. So you we just show up at people's places. Yeah, you just show up, and especially with your with your family, it's just like you just fucking show up. You like, just walk in that fucking door. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> dude, I mean, it was crazy growing up. Growing up at your grandparents' house, like, yeah. I had a key. I, I didn't technically have a key, but I right. knew where the key was. Yeah. <clears throat> so it was like I had a key to the house. You know, like I, I Kurt would tell me, oh, you know, like. I'll be home at five o'clock and, and you should come over at five. And like, I'd get there and no one was there and it was, yeah, yeah. Co- it was cold outside or something <laughs> like that. Like your grandma was like, just take the key and <laughs> go in the house, you know? So yeah. Whenever anybody comes over to my place, they just go through the garage. So Thor doesn't bark. Yeah. That's right. It. Right. Just, guys go through the garage. You're good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't need to come and escort you in. Yeah, you're right. good. You know, my family, Yeah. <laughs> you're safe. So, Wait, so yeah. yeah. So, oh yeah. The, we go to the baseball field, and at the at the time I was nine and I was pitching sixty, so I was cocky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. And I'm like, Uncle Kurt, I want to pitch, and Pete's like, I want to bat. <laughs> Dude, Pete, oh, fucking banger, blasted you. <laughs> Right, right in the stomach. Right dude. in the belly. Right in the nine-year-old little baby chubby belly. Just and all of a sudden, I was in like I was I was in like short center field or something like yeah. that, and I just hear just a fucking whap, and Shane just tumbles like a ton of bricks, and he's nine, so of course he's just like ah. He's like, and he like turns around, and he's and he and he sees Kurt, and he just goes, Uncle Kurt. It's the only time I've been knocked out. 
Oh, dude! It Only was, time I've been knocked out. It was wild, man. You had you had an imprint of the seams of the baseball on your belly for like a week. Oh my god! It was the best. But it was it was scary too for us, like for for me and Kurt, and especially for Pete. Like Pete will even say that say it to this day. It was very very scary for us because we're adults. Yeah, you know, like you're a kid, and of course you're you know Kurt's nephew and everything, but. We were adults and we were hitting live hard baseballs with aluminum bats yep. <laughs> with no protection. No, none. No helmets or anything like that. So the fact that he hit you, that that his line drive, yep. ripping line drive, <laughs> hit, only hit you in the stomach was like, a godsend. Oh, you know, it could have it could have blown on your knee. It could have fucking hit you in the head. It could have hit yeah. you in the chest. It could, you know. I mean, so so we got very lucky. I mean, this was just it, it was complete ignorance, you know. Of course, on our on our behalf, um, but it was just like you know nowadays, like you can't fucking do that shit, man. I mean, no, it's so I, me actually me Elliot and I think it was another buddy of ours. We were actually just tossing the ball around when me and Elliot were living out here and uh, we were just tossing the ball around went over to the baseball park and then somehow some way some uh, dude showed up with his kid that were showing up for practice and they were like guys want to hit the ball I was like you know what fuck it I know how to aim a bat (laughs) now that I'm older and actually understand the game I can actually aim the bat so I don't hit this fucking kid that's about to pitch to me because he was like my son needs to practice his pitch and I'm like I mean, I'll hit the ball, but like, right. you're giving me consent to hit the ball, right? Because I could whack your kid. Yeah. Because I, it was potentially. Alum- yeah, it was an aluminum bat. I'm like, this is going to be fucked. Yeah, right, dude. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm going to leave you alone for a second because my bladder can't handle it. Thanks, well, Kelly. You have to, you have to put me into a, a topic and I can talk. Okay. Topic. Explain to people. Oh no, that's too that's too bad. We'll talk about it, I guess. You haven't watched game. You haven't watched Lord of the Rings, have you? I have not. It's a fucking shame. I actually watched, I think, the first movie, okay. and I and it just didn't catch with me, man. All right, you gotta. We'll, I, know, we'll, I gotta we'll, try we'll, it out again. We'll work on that. You gotta understand. We'll talk about it in a second. Um, <laughs> crap. Tell the tale. The tale. Tell the tale. The tale of what? Shane, your experience taking Shane to a strip club. Oh, <laughs> that's a that's a tasty, tasty tale. All right, folks. Uh, for quiet time now, we're gonna tell a story that may be unsuitable. I'll try and clean it up as much as possible. But um, this was a few years ago, maybe five or six years ago. Um, Shane and all of his buddies, uh, you know, some of them have been on this show. Uh, Matt Skirky, um, uh, Elliot wasn't with us, um, but like Drew My, Drew, I don't even, I'm sorry, Drew, I don't know your last name, but Drew, Drew, I don't know if he was on yet or not, but their buddy Drew. Um, you know, so Shane was hanging out with all these guys and uh, they were all soon to be 21. And, you know, my outlook on the whole bar scene is, you know, bars don't impress me. So I don't want to take 
a, a you know one of my newly twenty one friends. I've never wanted to take them to a bar and just be like, "Hey, you're twenty one. Let's just fucking drink." <laughs> uh, it's I mean, like, what's the point of that? You spend, you spend a lot of money. You feel like shit the next day. Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. But anyways, so I agree, I agree on that. So I, I, I told these guys, you know, like, and at the time I was with, with uh, the flight attendant. And so she's like, she was gone for stretches at a time. She's yeah. gone for like 10 to 14 days in a row and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. She comes home for three days, goes back for eight, right. you know, stupid stuff like that. So, you know, you and Shane, you and all your buddies were uh, ter- within a few months of turning 21. Yep. And I said to them, I said, well, I think if this is going to be the case. We need to take you guys to a strip club. Right. And are you telling the tale with Skirky and I, or me? Uh, just me. They kind of rolled into one for me, but okay. Oh, cool. No, 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 no. Both of um, them are fun. I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell the Skirky one. Cause that's the one that I was, that I was going to tell. Cool. So, I be, I did. It, it's my second time going. Yeah. yeah so okay. Okay. The first time going. So the first club. time was just you, me and Kurt. You, me, Kurt, and Crazy Mark. <laughs> oh, Crazy Mark. I forgot about that. Dude, I have a story about Crazy Mark. <laughs> I don't even know what Mark's last name is. I don't, I don't know, know what he... Mark's last name is either. But, Kurt would say it, and I'd be like, I don't fucking remember. All I know I is think Mark, his, Mark his Esses, na- right? Mark. Well, Mark, Mark Esses is not the same Mark. No, no, no. I know yeah, that, yeah. but that's the only Mark that I remember yeah, his yeah. last name. Okay. <laughs> so Crazy Mark, I have stored in my phone as Mark PHX because... Kurt met him in Phoenix and he's from Illinois. Right. So, uh, <laughs> fucking crazy Mark. <laughs> dude, I don't, rem- I don't really remember that one. Not because I go to strip clubs all the fu- time. Dude, that guy got <laughs> fucked up. That's the oh, only man. part of that story that's really funny is that he just got <laughs> fucked up on the way there <laughs> and was talking to everybody at the strip club oh, the man. whole time, not spending money on the strippers. Oh yeah, dude. That's because a no-no. he didn't have any money. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't have any money. He was super broke. Um, okay, so anyway, so the, so the Skirky one. So the first time that I took Shane to, that Kurt and I took Shane to the strip club was that crazy Mark story. The second time, we Kurt was in town, I believe, for over Christmas. He was in for something. Yeah, it was like it was it was wintry though, wasn't Definitely it? Definitely winter. We've okay, o- yeah. We've only gone in the winter. Okay, okay, for sure. But we went on a Wednesday this time. Oh my god. <laughs> What we did because Skirky was all bent out of shape. <laughs> we took him to the, see the C squad, bro. The, the, the next the next day, Skirky was like, "Oh man, I was really hurting. Oh, this, this morning was brutal." <laughs> so, a little bit of backstory. Um, I had gone years, years, years ago, like twelve years ago. I had gone to this strip club up in. Uh, southern Wisconsin in Lake Geneva. And I was with my cousin, and my cousin... My cousin dropped some money, dude. Like, (laughs) he was buying booze, he was buying dances, he was buying all this shit. And he... (laughs) This is is this fucking guy. He ran out of cash and only had a credit card. And he used his credit card to buy like club money <laughs> which is like it's like the bunny money the funny money you know like that kind of shit yeah and it's like seriously like 50 cents on the dollar so he spent like 300 dollars and got like 150 bucks in funny money okay. and it's the age old bullshit like you can't 
use funny money on dances. You can't use money, funny money up at the uh, stage. Yeah. You can only use it at the bar, gift shop, and you can use it on like a VIP table or, yeah. you know, whatever. So it comes to the end of the night and my cousin's like, shit, man, like I got all this extra money. You know what? And he turns to the guy, he's like, if I use the rest of this funny money and then like put the, put the balance, you know, on my credit card, how much does a champagne room cost? And he ends up doing it, right? So he and I and like another person or two go up into this champagne room and it's nothing right. ridiculous. You know, it's like, there's not like pornos being shot in there or anything like right, that. Right. It's just a private room and, you know, they're, the girls dance and do their thing and whatever. And they give you champagne and and chocolate covered strawberries. Gotcha. Um, so we end up leaving and, and it's like the end of the night. And the manager comes up to my cousin. He's like, hey, he's like, oh, here, I want you to have this. And he hands him this gold embossed VIP card for the strip club. And we later find out at a later date that the VIP card gets you in for no cover. Right. So <laughs> years go by and it was some occasion like, I, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, take this this person up to the strip club for, for their 21st birthday or something like that. Right. And that kind of became like my thing for like my, my good friends, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, you're turning 21. Cool. Let's, you know. Yeah. You want to do this? You can do it. You're 21 now. What the fuck? You know, it's a bar and you get to see make, you get to see naked women, naked ladies. Yeah. Who doesn't <laughs> like that? You know, <laughs> I mean, I know there's people that don't like it, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I like it. You like it. Everyone it, should like it. It's available. <laughs> I mean, right. I don't know. I mean, they make good money. We're not going to do anything poor to them. I mean, so like, in, in southern Wisconsin, I kind of feel like it's a choice that they're making to do that. They're not being necessarily like forced or something. I don't Yeah. I have, I don't have a stance on any of that stuff. I'm, I'm just being, trying to be as girls joke about it a lot. Yeah. Becoming a stripper. That's mm-hmm. a, that, that is a staple joke in most females that I know. I just saw it on, my I just cousins saw say it. <laughs> it's no. the worst. No, I hate them all. <laughs> All my ladies talk to me about their shit. And I'm like, ski stop, please. I saw something yesterday. I saw something yesterday that said, uh, it said something like, sometimes I just think, fuck it all. I'm going to become a stripper. And then it was like, dot, dot, dot. And then I realized I'm fat and can't dance. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, all right, all right. That's good. I don't know. If you get a very charismatic Chris Farley type, I think he can get away with it. No, like the Chippendales. <laughs> I think Chippendales can do it. I right. think they can get it. I think they can pull it off in today's culture with all this don't fat shame shit. Oh, oh yeah, fat shaming shit. We're unhealthy. Shame us. Make us feel bad so we go get healthy and take care of our meat wagons. Meat wagon. <laughs> <laughs> it's the second time you've used that word with me, and it's like it's alarming and funny at the same time. You're like, oh, I mean, we're big, ooh. so we're kind of wagons. Ooh, we're, it's we're... a meat wagon. <laughs> All right, well, that's kind of a funny word, I guess. <laughs> no, so, so yeah, so eventually, I ended up in possession of this <laughs> VIP card, and I was like, well, there's you really got the golden ticket. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I was like, there's really no like nothing no. holding me back from this, and my ex was surprisingly like okay with it, cool with it, whatever, you know, like, 
I would just be like, oh yeah, I'm going up there with this guy, and she'd be like, okay, yeah. no problem. And her whole her whole attitude, which I thought this was a pretty healthy attitude about the whole thing, her attitude was, a, she's probably not even in town, right. so what the fuck is she gonna do about <laughs> it, kind of thing. And B, which I thought was the health the healthier of these two, she goes, you know. If a guy does something with a stripper, <laughs> he deserves everything that's coming his way. Absolutely. And I said, you're 100% right. <laughs> and there's never been a time when, I'm in a, when I've been in a strip club. This whole thing makes me sound like I go to strip clubs all the time. I, <laughs> haven't, been to, I haven't been to a strip club in over two years. Scrap, you know, he really wants to go. <laughs> <laughs> I could be willing to facilitate that. <laughs> So anyways, we can talk about it on Shane of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> My girlfriend will be in the other room too. So yeah, thanks. Um, no, so so you know, it it was never a thing. It was never a thing yeah. in my relationship. So it was just like, oh well, I'm not going to do this every week, but you know, on a special occasion, every few months or whatever, on a special occasion, you know, and and I I typically found myself going to the strip club when Kurt was in town. <laughs> and mind you, Gee. mind you, mind you, mind you, that he is now married and not in the same place. And I don't think uh, that he would be ever. willing or wanting to do that anymore. Ever and, again. You know, it's for me, it's just a fun little thing. I can go there. I can have one or two beers. I can drive home. Yeah. You know, it's like, there's a there's a show. Oh, okay, great. You know, I mean, I could watch the same show in my freaking living room if I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, it, it's just a way for us to pass our time here in the uh, good old nothingness of <laughs> of northern and southern or northern Illinois and southern Wisconsin. Um, you know, some it's sometimes just, it's just so close. <laughs> it's, it's right there, and you know, and sometimes going to Vegas is just too expensive, it's just, and it's too much, man. It's just too much. Uh, Have you been? Yeah. Okay. When I was twelve, uh, well, fuck, <laughs> that doesn't fucking count, dude. No, so I don't have, I don't have the coin yet. So here's 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 a Kurt. Here's another Kurt story about Vegas. So Curtin, is this a Kurt story or a Mitch story? Uh, <laughs> it's a possibility that it could be both. <laughs> Kurt's alter ego of Mitch. Um, it's probably one of my favorite human beings to witness. <laughs> oh, it's amazing to witness. It's a pain in the ass to deal with. <laughs> That's why you just don't deal with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to learn that there's no stopping Hurricane Mitch. You just let it. You just let it go. Mm-hmm. You just let it go, <laughs> and then at one point you got to be the responsible one. And be like, "Hey, Mitch, it's time to go home." Yep. Hey, hey, Mitch, why don't you try and lay down, bro? It's time to go home. It's okay. <laughs> so for, fella, for the little, for the little fella, for the people who don't know, um, in in mine and your uncle Kurt's youth, um, you know, during our wild uh, post post twenty one. Uh, Let's get crazy. Yeah, our, our time there, our time there. Um Kurt uh Kurt would tie one on a little bit too much at times and um he would become a different person. And at first, it didn't really register with me and we were hanging out with this woman um who she was about 10 years older than us. So she was relatively she was probably a few years younger than your mom. You know, so she, so there was a relation. There was, 
It's like you and me. Yes, but we didn't know her our entire lives. Correct. Okay, so... Obviously. There's a a difference, but the age gap. Right. Kurt was working at Starbucks, and he met this this girl. Her name was Erin. And Erin was... Oh, man. I mean, she's she's still around. I haven't talked to her in years, but um, Erin is just a bright, shining star of hope and encouragement, and she's just a wonderful human being. And Kurt was working with her. Of course, the two of them were were drawn to each other, not in any type of physical way, but they were drawn to each other in a, I want to be friends with you. I need to be friends with you kind of way. Yeah. You know, and Aaron became one of our very, very close friends for a a number of years. Um, And Aaron had a crazy story. She being, you know, 10 years older than us or whatever, she grew up in just outside of Seattle, Washington. Oh, okay. And she was she was in the Seattle area for the whole like '90s grunge explosion kind of shit, oh, right? Nirvana. Yeah, dude. She was like, and she was the like perfect age, perfect age. Yeah. You know, um, she was like in her early 20s yeah. when like Nirvana and Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Mud Honey, Dinosaur Junior, all these fucking crazy bands you know i mean some of them are from some of them that i named are from seattle but some of them may not be but um you know yeah i got like the golden age i got like the got the golden (laughs) age of fucking metal what me when when i was younger i was in In like the early 2000s yeah i disagree that that's a golden age i don't Okay. We're going to talk about we're, we're going to talk about actual metal. We're going to disagree agree to disagree. Uh yeah. <clears throat> no, no, I'm going to I'm going to keep us on topic. I'm not going to go down a metal wormhole. Okay. Okay. So, we're we're with <laughs> we're with Aaron and Aaron had moved out of Seattle because she needed to get away from that mm-hmm. scene, you know, and this was like the early 2000s at this point in time. And Aaron moved to Crystal Lake, Illinois. Her aunt and uncle lived in Crystal Lake, and they were um, close to retirement, older. Their kids were already out of the house, all this kind of stuff. And Aaron came and lived there uh, with them, and then she got a job at um, at Starbucks, and that's where she and Kurt had met. So, you know, we're hanging out with Aaron, and you know, and we're all partying at this point in time. Aaron moved from Seattle to get away from the partying, but she fell into the partying due to the people that she was around. And then like, we all kind of like chilled out and everything, but there were, there were a few months, maybe a year where we went pretty hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and Kurt, (laughs) Kurt would just, you know, he would get to this point where it was just like, Super, super wasted. And he's just like, you know, he's just doing his own thing. And, you know, he says shit and he's talking to people and all this kind of stuff. And Aaron, at one point in time, we're like, we're like, end of the night kind of thing. And Aaron goes, Kurt, you're just, you're you're just not even, you're not Kurt. You're a different person. You're fucking Mitch. And I was like, and, and he's like, Mitch, I don't know Mitch. I don't know Mitch. And she's like, no, you are Mitch. And he's like, I'm Kurt. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, like, after that, it became a thing. And whenever, if if ever Kurt got 
to that point. Yep. And he turned into Mitch. He was, you know, obviously we would then refer to him as Mitch and all of that. It's very funny to joke about it and to reminisce and everything. Yeah. And it's also, you know, something to be said that like he was never the guy that had a problem or anything like that. He was he no. was, he was always, you know, as as wild and, and charismatic and, and you know, rambunctious as Kirk can can be and could have been back in right. those days, he always kept his head on fairly straight. Oh, yeah. You know, in the in the big <clears throat> And the big situations, he kept it on straight. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's the everybody story of Mitch. Had, yeah, <laughs> Every, but, everybody has everybody has that stage where yeah. they get that hammered. But but when I took it's when rare I, when someone has a name to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> that that is true. But when I took you guys, you and Skirky, yep. to the strip club, um, Kurt was in town, and we were like, oh well, Skirky just turned twenty one, and. You know, like that's the whole thing. We've been telling him about this since since we took Shane, and you know Shane's been telling him about it and everything. So I was like, we got to do it. We got to do it. And I think it was only the two of you that I ever yeah. like said that to. Like I, I yeah, you you have a you have a fondness to Skirky overall. I do. The, uh, I like Skirky. <laughs> I like Skirky a lot. He's I don't know. He's just he's. I think you got us all at a stage. Skirky came in later. Yeah, yeah, I know. You got us all in our stages of really. Young, dumb teenagers. Everybody's kind of yeah, but Skirky's not. I mean, not, not to say not to say say that any of them are dumb or or any anything. I mean, we were fucking it, dumb. Well, <laughs> just just due to just due to um your age and your your it was a, arrogance. It was a maturity level, right? For sure, absolutely. Um, but Skirky was Skirky was always the one that I saw that was like, okay, well, him and Shane usually pre- keep it pretty pretty good, you know, like. Yeah, he's a very lax human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he 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 likes to keep it cool. human being. Yeah, he likes human to keep being. Human. How many being. times do you say human being? Hey, I'm trying to be as politically <laughs> correct as I can without being politically correct. Well, but okay? the whole thing is when you're talking, I don't want to misgender anybody. No, st- Matt. stop that shit. Stop that. Here's here's the whole thing. Here's the thing. I, I don't like it just as much as you don't like it. No, I just that's not what I'm gonna say. That's not what I'm gonna say. What I'm going to say is when you're talking about a specific person who is gender specific, like Matt Skirky, true, you don't have to call him a human being. You can just say him, 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 because you know what? Skirky is not, he's, he's not, uh, what's the fucking word? He's not ambiguous about his sexuality. He's a dude. He's a fucking dude. And he's, he's a dude. He wants to be a dude and he's going to lift the fucking weights like a dude. And, you know, so that's the whole thing. It's like when you're talking about a person, yeah, you can say he, she, him, them, you know, like you can say all that shit. I'm just nervous, man. (laughs) Don't be nervous. Just be normal. It sounds so fucking weird, though, dude. Isn't that weird that it causes fear, though? Isn't that weird? Yeah, but don't let it cause fear. It it's should, hard. It, it, it's hard because you're making it hard for yourself. Because everybody else around me no, kind of makes it hard. fuck that shit. Dude, I had a friend. I was having a conversation with her. She got triggered by the word psychopath, bro. That's the kind of people I'm surrounded by. So when I talk of say, I'm not, I don't want to say human being. You want to do, you want to do open mics, right? Absolutely. Okay. Do you want to be the guy who's up there going? 
Well, well, oh, no, I'm, I'm not going to be that guy. Or do you want to be the guy that's like, hey, man, I get it. You know, like, yeah, but you want to be something else. Be something fucking else. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. I will respect I'm, you and love you and 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 yes. and treat you like a human being regardless. It may take me by surprise for a minute. Right. But I'm a big enough person to accept it. I am. You know, and and that's but but you don't have to portray that you or you don't have to say that. You just be that. You know, okay. And in your stand up, and you know, whenever you do to do your open mic, spoiler alert, everybody, this is the oh, shit. Did I drop that? <laughs> you did dropped, I fucking drop that? You did drop there that. There you go, <laughs> motherfuckers. Now I have to do Sorry. it. Sorry. <laughs> oh, dude, it's, there's a fucking sign on the wall that says, go to open mic. Like, I mean, I didn't know it was a secret. No, I was just calling it a project. Project. But now that you said it, I kind of have to do it. Project. Now I really have to do it. Well, do it. I'm going to do it. You got it on your wallet. It says, go to open mic, asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I got to go. So, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to to do that. No, when I do that, I'm going to do... I'm going to be me. Yeah. I'm just... I don't know. I felt like on here, I could kind of be a little more... Not sympathetic, but acknowledge it. At a least, little more aware. I get yeah, it. Yeah, I get more, it. Very, a lot more aware. But, and for people to understand that I I do care. And when you meet me, I'm going to respect you no matter what. On here, I'm still going to be myself. And I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm not really going to apologize if I say anything that I believe in. Because most of the things that I believe in are a little... They're they're a little sketchy, but they're to a point where we can agree to disagree. Yeah, they're not outrageous, right? Right. Like, and as long as you're not being an asshole about things, yeah. If you meet someone, and I'm, I mean, I don't. This is how much of this. This is a behavioral the, thing, the, but yeah, it it is for you one hundred percent. Like yes. you're behaving in a way of over precaution, and I and I respect it and I understand it. I just don't think that it's necessary. As much on this platform, all you have to do is you have to say, like, you have to be aware. You have to be aware of... Obviously, of, I, obviously I am. <laughs> right, right. So you have to be aware of, you know, the person that you're referring to, right. whether you know specifically or not. Right. And if you don't, and, and there's a question about it, yeah. then, you know, like, there's a question about it. Then you you cross that bridge at that moment in time. Right. You know, but when you're talking about, you know, your friends and your family and, 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 you know, people that you know and people, whatever, it's like, if just say you know that they identify a certain way, then if you have to identify them in a he, she, you know, him, her kind of way, then you can say (laughs) him, her, whatever. And if someone takes issue with that, if someone's like, (laughs) you're being so like, then yeah. why? Why am I being gender specific? Because he is a man and he does I associate guess. himself as a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, why is that so bad? I don't get that I, shit. That's what that's what I mean. I don't get it either. I'm trying I'm I'm trying to wrap my head around it. When it comes to the situations, I absolutely respect it. Right. But, but when it comes to the shaming people. Yeah. And, and publicly announcing that someone 
someone used a bad word one time in the poor situation. Yeah, I get it. It's fucked up, but we don't need to... That person fucked up. They're going to either change that quality, and if they do it again, then shame them. But right. Like, on these, like... On that one old dude who owned the Sixers who said the N-word. And it's just like, dude, he's fucking 82, man. <laughs> On the other hand, though, that there are it's, there are a, there is a difference of words. There are yeah, words is a whole nother thing. Right. There are a lot of taboo words that sure. you should not not use. There's yeah. just it's just the thing. There's just a, <clears throat> when people get upset about the gender pronouns thing, and I, like I went up to a group of people when I was serving one time, and normally, for me, when I go up to a group, I just say "guys." That's just what I've grown up. With. That's the, hey guys, how's that's it going? that's that's the problem right there, and and this is a specific example that I'm going to give you. When I was serving, I learned it early, early on, and oh, I just said it. I mean, it, no, 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 I know, and and I totally understand it. I had, a, I was serving at a Bennigan's, yeah, and I had an old man and an old woman. <clears throat> Yeah. Right, and I walked up to the table and I said, How, "How's everyone doing today, guys?" You know, whatever the the yeah. intro was, but I used the word "guys," and this old man who was probably in his late seventies at yeah. the time turned to me and said, "Why would you call us both guys? <laughs> She's not a guy." And I said, "Oh, I'm sorry. You know, like yeah. it was just a a greeting." Yeah. And he goes, Well, you should really say folks. Yeah. Hello, folks. Right. And I was like, Motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't. Okay. So this is, this, this was, the, uh, let me paint the scenario a little bit better. Um, they were my age. Okay. Now, yes, yeah. I understand that I should different. use everybody, but it's a little different. It's a little different. When I go, for up, sure. when I go up to, older folks i normally say hi folks how we doing that was that was a big thing obviously with older people i have to respect my elders that's how i was raised respect your elders yeah address them as your elders 100 100 they for are sure. but yeah. this situation it was people either younger than me or they were my age yeah so when i walked up to them i was like trying to just be re- relaxed and make everybody comfortable hey guys mm-hmm. how you doing one human being didn't human take- being hey i'm gonna call you out they i definitely did not know they got upset about guys, so obviously they did not appreciate yeah. the pronoun guys. Okay. okay. All right. So I'm going to use human being in this context because it is. I can't address them because I don't know their pronoun. I'm just giving you shit. I'm just man. not going to use a plural them. I'm going to yeah. use human being because I got they you. are a singular person. Okay. So this person. All right. Decided to passive aggressively not make eye contact me make eye contact with me or even talk to me at a normal volume mm. and we're very short and didn't even answer hey how's the food didn't even answer that <sighs> question you want a refill just slid the thing to oh me. fuck that that's what i mean so when and because I, they were passive aggressively upset that you <laughs> used the word guys right that's what i mean so that's why I've kind of projected onto here trying to be as safe as possible because there are human beings, there are people like that. (laughs) See, it's fucking hard. I know, I know. It frustrates me. It makes me anxious that I have to act like this. I know. Because there's so much negativity put onto people if they aren't. Right. Which 
sorry, I grew up in a suburban white predominantly white neighborhood in yeah. northern Illinois. <laughs> right. I didn't choose this life yeah. that I was born into. Right, exactly. I just happened to be born white right. in a neighborhood that was very calm. Right. Right. I learned from those humans. And, and I learned from those people. <laughs> I know. I learned from those males and females that raised me. Males and females. There we go. <laughs> there, but, all right. All right. So, I get it. I get what you're saying. So when I'm out here in the big bad city of yeah. Chicago, a very liberal town. Yeah, yeah. And I worked in a place that was, it's folks that lived around there had different preferences. Sure. It was, and see, it, was and, a learn, and, it was a learning curve. And I understand that. I myself have never been put in a, in a situation where I needed to, I needed, I needed to define my speech more for the, for Dude, a situation I like that. I had to define the word bitch. Oh, I respect her. And I, I, I gave it to her cause she was very kind about it. She didn't go. Did you call her a bitch? No. I oh, just okay. used the word bitch at a buddy. Oh, okay. I called a friend. I, I called a male yeah. a bitch. Yeah. And she did not take likely to it. And she was just in, she was just in the overhearing. Room. No, she was in the room. Okay. She was, was it? We were all having a conversation and I called him a bitch. Got it. Okay. So she, you know, and I respected it. I was like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. I, I'm in your place. Sure. If you don't want me to use that kind of language, I understand. But yeah. I'm going to say fuck. And you can't mm. tell me not to say, say fuck. <laughs> That's my favorite word. <laughs> I remember the day Kurt was like, it's hey, a- man, you got to stop using it so much. I'm like, <laughs> you're absolutely right, <laughs> but I'm still going to use it. <clears throat> I just well, have to get more tactful with yeah. the use of dude, the word. Dude, Yes, Which there on is. Here, I understand that I say the f word a lot, and I'm sorry for. But that. it's all in the way that you say it. It's all in the way that you say oh, it. Yeah, like there is yeah, a. It's all about the delivery. There, there's a social media presence. I'm not going to name him, um, who uses he uses curse words. I'm trying to do this like without giving away any clue as to who this person is, but he uses curse words in very weird places throughout his speech. Okay. And like uses the wrong word that doesn't kind of like fit in the context or something like that. So it's a very clunky way of communication. This dude is crazy successful. Yep. Um, he's, uh, you know, he, he does, he does his thing, Mm -hmm. um, very well. And he, For me personally, I know a lot of people who really enjoy his his talks and and things like that, his his posts. Um, But for me, I understand the value in it and what he's saying and what he's trying to teach and everything. But I also cannot get past (laughs) the fact that he uses this this vocabulary in such a way that. it's really off-putting for me. Right. And, and I think, you know, when you're on a audio only platform, um, and I know that you are, but I do think that, you know, everyone needs to be a little bit more aware of the patterns that your speech has gotten into. And 
what you say, oh, I, how you say it, yeah. how many times you say it. You know, like earlier I said, uh, brother in arms. This is now the third time that I've said it throughout this entire conversation. And it's like, but I'm aware of it. You know, I'm aware yeah. and I'm and I'm trying not to say it. If it comes out again, you know, it, it, it might be something that well, there's I'm, other ways of saying it, like partner in crime. Exactly. Like yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, and I'm not trying to like call you out on your show or anything like that. You can. I just I've been listening the to the fact that you are who you are in my life, and people know who you are in my life. It's okay to call me out, <laughs> right, I, and, right. and it's not like you're coming across as hurt. Uh, yeah, man, 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 do, do this because yeah. I said so. Yeah, I know. Like, I know better. I no. respect your opinion, and we 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 care about each other mm-hmm. as. Uh, Uncle and nephew, basically best friends. You wanted to say human being so bad. I did. I'm just an <laughs> asshole and wanted to say it. So we're gonna work on human beings, everybody. <laughs> we're gonna get that shit out of here. Just like I'm gonna not use the word f u c k. Yeah. As much and the fuck has been a word that has been predominant in my in oh, yeah. my vocabulary for a very long time and <laughs> when kurt came to me we he sat me down it wasn't like a in the moment yeah and in the moment kurt thing <laughs> it yeah. was uh he sat me down and was like hey man we should talk about your use of the word Fuck. yeah and i was like okay and at first i was very defensive and i was like oh, man it's just me man he's like no but you when you're around your buddies, it's okay. But when you're out in public and yeah. you're meeting new people, using it, it, it is an exclamation point. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of it. It does. It, it is an exclamation right. point. If you want to get a point across, you can use that word to get everybody's attention. Oh yeah, for and sure. And so on here, yes, I miss. I I I use it, but that's I believe after because I have thought about it a lot. I think it's just my nerves. That have kind of taken it to the point sure. where I use it, and I'm just kind of using it as a crutch, mm-hmm. which I should stop using it as a crutch and should more use it as the exclamation point that it is. So, yeah, you're not coming across that in that way. I completely respect the whole. <coughs> Good. I need to work on certain aspects of my my speech and my vocabulary on this podcast because I need yeah. to evolve. Well, and that, that'll come with time. You know, I mean, I think that what you've been doing so far has been great. You know, I mean, it's, it's for you, it's for other people's enjoyment as well, but yeah. it is a, it is a tool for you to have these conversations and to, you know, to, to do something productive and worth your, worth your time. Right. So, you know, I commend you in, in everything that you're doing right now. And, um, you know, I just, I'm, I'm going to be your, one of your biggest fans and I'm also going to be one of your biggest critics. Hell yeah. You know, and, and I do believe that that is, you know, exactly what everyone wants. Everyone who's close to you wants. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and if some people come, come at it more aggressively than, um, than, than you would like. You know, I think you kind of got to at times take it on the chin, not to say that you need to take a barrage beating of it, but, um, you know, some of, some of them may come from someone who doesn't have the tact or whatever. Right. Um, and just, you know, take the, the beauty about other people's opinions is you don't have to take it. Right. You know, you can appreciate it. Yeah, you can listen to their opinion. You can assess it. You can, you know, if it's ridiculous, you rule it out right away <laughs> or whatever. But I'm just saying, like, you know, 
growing up, that's one thing that I've learned from a few different people in my life. That not everyone's opi- not everyone that gives you an opinion is worthwhile for what you for your needs. Yeah, that's what you, know? you Kurt, Elliot. Yeah, you, Kurt, and Elliot have taught me that. Yeah, like just with how many conversations that I've had individually with all three of you, right? And even Matt Skirky, obviously, and all my other buddies. But you three, you three especially, because one, Elliot is a very passionate human being when it comes to his friends, mm-hmm. and he likes to help he he wants to see them become better whether or not they're going to do it the way he does it sure is another thing yeah but you and kurt have always you guys are older than me but it's only by a 10-year mark so it's more relatable Mm -hmm. than if i were to go talk to my dad oh for sure when i go to dad it's like hey man you need to dad it Dad it up right dad now. Up. You need to have your dad moment right well, now. And the beauty about the relationship that Kurt and I have had with you for your whole life is that, you know, yeah, we're ten years older than you. You know, we're we're uncle figures. Yeah. Um, in your life, but I've never tried to be, you know, the uncle or anything like that. Part, you- partly because when when you were born we were only 10 years old. Right. So, you know, like by the time you're 10 years old, we're 20. We're still, doing our, still trying yeah, to figure it out. We're doing dumb shit and trying to figure it out and everything. And you're, you're completely aware of the dumb shit that we find ourselves in or whatever. <laughs> um, so by the time that we're in our thirties and you're in our, you're in your twenties, it's like, yeah, dude, we're, we're friends. Like, Oh yeah. You we're know, I mean, friends. You, you and I, because there's no, there's no blood relation, but with Kurt, it's like, you know, he's still your friend, you know, like, yeah, it's just the added bonus that you guys are related, but you guys are friends. So, yeah. um, so in that sense, it's like, you know, you, I believe you and, and, and some of your buddies and, and this isn't to like blow smoke up mine and Kurt's ass or anything like that, but I really think that you specifically more than necessarily your friends. I think Skirky's the only one who's really kind of like witnessed it, um, like for a, for a good portion of time. Yeah. Um, but you have been able to kind of rely on your uncles, for yeah. lack of a better term, for like social and um, relationship and you know friendship advice kind of shit. For yeah. you know, for your your uh, older teenage years and and now into your twenties, right? So it's like, what better person to talk to about those kinds of things, those struggles that you have in your you know early to mid and late twenties, than someone who's gone through it only ten years ago, right? Right. Someone you know, when you talk it. when you talk to a parent, it's like. 20 years is a long fucking time, dude. Like a lot changes in 20 years. You know, I remember like my dad when I was in college and I was like trying to find a job and I wanted to find an internship or whatever, you know, like I wanted to be making money in the industry that I was getting my degree in before I got my degree because I wanted to have experience going out. And I unfortunately didn't get that chance, but I remember having a conversation with my dad and my dad was my dad's old school, you know, like he, he's a trades guy. Um, right. and he was just kind of like, well, you just go and, you know, hand, give your resume to companies. And I was like, it doesn't work like that anymore, man. Like, yeah. Tell me the last time that anyone has walked into a building 
right. and given a paper resume to, you know, the receptionist <laughs> or something like that. Like it doesn't, it goes through fucking, you know, the, the job posting board and, yeah. and, and you'll apply on their website and all this kind of shit. And it's like, you could, you might not, you might not hear from them for six months, a year. Holy shit. There is a crazy draft over here. Is there? Do you want me to turn this on? No, it's it's not that bad. It's not the end of the world. It was just like all of a sudden, I just <laughs> my whole leg got like freezing cold. Yeah. Um, it was just a shock to the system. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I was like, it doesn't work. You know, I'm telling my dad, it doesn't work like that. You know, like everything is apply online and, and all of this stuff. Yeah. When my ex freaking when she applied for the for the airlines, yeah, she forgot that she even applied for that airline because it had been so long since right. She, she well, since it's she all just in, held in a database for right, a year, right? So people can go back to it at any point and look through thousands, right, thousands of resumes, right. And that's and that's what I think is the real shame about what's going on right now with like your generation, like. Technically, technically, they put me into the category of a millennial. You and yeah, I. You're a part of the generation, but you're not the generation. I'm not the generation at all, dude. I was born at the end of 1982. Yeah, 1982, dude. I know that's a big difference from a ni- ten years. <laughs> a fucking computer wasn't like. Right. Not everyone had a laptop. Right. That's why Maggie's in in school when I was a kid. Most kids might not even have a computer at home. Right. You know, like computers. I was in high school when like cell phones started to make their climb to like what they are today. My freshman year of high school, like, dude, I remember sitting out on the fucking, you know, on the on the bench. Yeah. In front of the school, yeah. waiting for a ride because I just had to wait because I wasn't getting a hold of anybody. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> I don't have any money on me, and I'm not right. gonna make a collect call because no one's gonna be home. Right, you know, like that kind of shit. So, um, right, and that that was the weird. That's like the difference between me and Maggie. Like Maggie's still in the millennial generation, mm-hmm. but she's more of one than I am because she was born ten years after when Maggie was born. Cell phones were finally becoming a thing in the adult world, right? Like a very so. So how thing. how the fuck am I in the same generation as your what sixteen year old sister? I know, dude. That's why I hate the term. Like, I'm twenty <laughs> years older than her, and supposedly <laughs> I'm in the millennial generation. Get bent. So for old. sure, like so I am man. not absolutely. He, she and I, she doesn't know what the fucking Oregon Trail is. All right, the <laughs> video game, motherfuckers. Oregon, dying of dysentery was a real thing. Yeah. When I was in middle school, it was legit. Okay, that, Maggie doesn't know anything about that. The thing, the thing with those actual millennials is that they had a cell phone before they were in high school, but their cell phones weren't flip phones man they're the world in their pocket right right they, have they the had internet they had in fucking iphones in their pockets in fourth grade or fifth grade or something i like never that. had that that's so that's terrible. why we can relate more is because right. i never had that either i had to get permission to go on the computer and that was because we needed to shut down the phones for a little bit right and knowing your mom that Hell ain't happening oh no. aunt tony's on the phone <laughs> 
for three hours. Good night, dude. <laughs> I have never, ever seen people talk on a phone oh like your like your mom and your aunt talk on oh a phone. Holy shit. Goodness. It's incredible. It's it's they still do it every morning, bro. Every oh my morning. god. They talk on the phone every morning. What do you have to talk about? <laughs> What do you have to talk about in a situation like that? I don't that? know. Ask him about it. Well, and that's like that's the crazy thing for me. Like, I don't have I don't have enough to talk about. Neither do I. You know, like in in my in my previous relationship, yeah. I mean, I would we would talk for like <laughs> ten to fifteen minutes once a night, maybe. Yeah. You know, like sometimes she would just send me a text and be like. I had a 14 hour day. I'm so tired. I'm going to bed. And I'd be like, cool. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> Love you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah. I don't have much going on. Mm-hmm. You know, like for me, I was like, oh, yeah, I waited tables today. <laughs> I don't, I mean, yeah, some guy got a steak. Whoop de doo. You know, like, I, I got a 30% tip this mm-hmm. time off of one of my tables. Yeah, right. That was pretty nice. An mm. extra ten dollars. Yes. <laughs> extra ten bucks. I was able to fill the gas tank all the way up, you know? Like, <laughs> Woo. <laughs> dude. Um, yeah, but I don't know, dude. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Just ridiculous. It's so much fun, man. Yeah. <laughs> so you haven't seen Lord of the Rings. Do you know, sir, that you wouldn't have Game of Thrones without Tokens work. I understand that. Okay, do you I, and I and I do want to see the token movie with uh with um. You can't see that until you watch the films. Fuck off. Fuck you. You need to know, bro. What are you talking you about? You need to know what he inspired, and then what some other human took that was tokens work. Yeah. And made it into a masterpiece of a trilogy. Oh, uh, Pete Jackson. Pete Jackson, dude. You you need to understand that. What Game of Thrones is doing in the television world right now, winning all its Emmys and because it earns it, mm-hmm. Peter, Peter Jackson accomplished that in the film world. There's no other film on the planet that has won 11 Oscars in one year. No, I'm, I am completely Return aware. Return of the King is the most epic shit on the planet. And if you're going to watch, yeah, it's okay. Game of Thrones is obviously coming. And we all know that they've announced that one of the battles took 55 nights. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be ba- bigger than the Battle of Helm's Deep, which is in the second Lord of the Rings. Okay. So once you see that Game of I've Thrones... I've seen the first one. Right. Two Towers is Helm's Deep. That's the first... That's like the biggest battle, battle sequence to ever be shot in cinema. Okay. Game of Thrones is going to trump that now. <laughs> okay. But that you'll love them yeah. you just have to you have to put the time aside yeah and challenge are they like three hours long fuck yeah they are <laughs> well maybe you can let me borrow them absolutely <laughs> you can take them now i don't care take them away man absolutely dude i'm sure i'm sure kara would be into it dude it i should text her and see if she's ever watched the movie here's a little insight on it it's loosely based on the holy grail like the tale of the holy grail okay that's what the ring is oh the ring okay. is the holy grail mm. it grants unnatural long life that's the whole tale unnaturally of long life unnaturally long life mm. so you've seen the first one and in the first one bilbo baggins is bilbo 
Bilbo. Such a ridiculous name. Bilbo. Bilbo. He's a hobbit. Hello. Hello, my name is Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, he's four feet tall. (laughs) Of course his name's going to be goofy as shit. Oh, that's fucking funny. And so it grants unnaturally long life. The Hobbit came out before Lord of the Rings. And before Lord of the Rings, it's 60 years from the events of The Hobbit to The Lord of the Rings. Okay. And in The Hobbit... say that again? In The Hobbit is Bilbo's story. Okay. That's the first book is The Hobbit. Oh, okay. And and they did that after Lord of the Rings. Correct. Okay, got it. Because Lord of the Rings, the books are bigger than The Hobbit. The Hobbit's just one story. Mm, The mm. Hobbit should have been two movies, in Mm. my opinion. Okay. Um, That's a whole other story. But... It's 60 years between The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. So the events are 60 years apart. Okay. Bilbo's 40 in The Hobbit. 60 years, he still looks as young as he was. Oh. He doesn't age that often. He doesn't age as fast as every other Hobbit. Got it. So in Lord of the Rings, he's because he Because he has the ring? Because he has the ring. Got it. The ring needs someone to hold it. It needs to be with someone. Okay. The ring's the holy grail. Got it. Great. Because, yeah, you just got to watch it. All right. Yeah. All right. I'm not going to say anything. I'm open to it. I'm, you know. You'll love it. I watched it love once it. when it when the first one first came out. Like, I wouldn't have Magic video. the Gathering without Token's work. Hmm. He inspired D&D. Oh, okay. That's how. Okay. Wizard I was going to say, like, is it based off of Token? Like, Magic? Yeah. But no, like that's off where they of found the, inspiration off, off of like what Token actually did. No, no, okay. no. It's just an inspiration for mm-hmm. Magic. Magic: The Gathering is its own beast, man. 20, yeah, twenty. It's my age. Like it, it came. It was brought to the world when I the year I was born. Okay, nineteen ninety three. So nineteen ninety three. Yeah, man. Twenty. Yeah. <laughs> Toy Story came out that year. <laughs> Toy Story came out that year, dude. Come on. <laughs> or 1994. I forgot the actual date. It's the, either those two years. Oh, dude. Yeah, man. I remember it. Absolutely. I remember. My it. favorite meme of Toy Story is when your when your work buddy leaves before you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so long, partner. <laughs> Such a great one. Oh my god. But yeah, um, Lord of the Rings. You gotta. I'll I'll let you borrow them. You just go have a ball with them. Yeah, man. Carol will be into it. It's a good time. Well, I asked her if she it's was just into f- it. Let's sh- see what she has to say. It's just a fucking epic. It's just. Oh, it's so good. Okay. Sean, I'll take your word for Sean it. Sean Astin's in it. Come on, <laughs> Rudy. Yeah, fucking Rudy's in it. Rudy Rudiger. Rudy Rudiger. <laughs> Get in there, Rudiger. Rudy. <laughs> I'm well, giving up my place for Rudy, Coach. Dude, those movies were that movie's so good, so good, so fucking Come good, on. so inspirational. Dude, I saw um, <laughs> like like three month, three four months ago. I saw, I walked into the middle of um, Force Gump, <laughs> and I like just sat there and watched the whole thing. It's like yeah. it's fucking Forrest Gump, dude. It's one of the best movies of all time. I've watched it so many what's your, times. What's your favorite part of Forrest Gump? Like, what's your favorite line or part or whatever? I have a very specific one that's awesome. My, I haven't watched it so long, but I can remember it, everything about it. Um, I think <laughs> favorite parts when he's with the Black Panther. Oh, dude, <laughs> dude, that's the same thing as mine. He's, 
when he when he when when the when the dude slaps her and he yeah. jumps over the he table and he beats the shit out of him. But that's not even the best part. I'm not like condoning violence or anything like that. The best part of this is when he gets up and he's in full military garb yeah. and like the Black Panther walking into a Black Panthers party. Um, in in a fucking like army uniform, yeah, dude, that's ridiculous right there. But then he walks over to the Black Panthers, who all are holding machine guns, and he yeah. goes, "Sorry about ruining your Black par- Panther party." <laughs> And they realize he's just a uh, yeah, simple guy. He's just a simple guy, and someone slapped his girl. You yeah. know, like, and it's the greatest part of the movie. Yeah. Oh, it's so much my favorite. <laughs> it's oh. so good. Dude. I saw it. I saw it just a few months ago, and I was yeah. like, "That fucking party, beautiful." <laughs> Sorry about ruining your Black Panther party. <laughs> and he just, he just. <laughs> He's just so... And no one fucks with him. Because they know he's just protecting a girl from some asshole who's hitting her. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. Amazing. It's the best. (laughs) Dude, I feel like I have like five stories from the beginning of this that have no resolution whatsoever. I mean, we can... And I can't even remember what the stories were. That's, That's the a, problem. Yeah, I mean... Sorry, everybody out there in podcast listening land. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's... It has, in my opinion, its own attractiveness. Okay. Because it's organic. Yeah. We're not... Obviously, me and Matt talked about certain things before coming on here and having to talk about it. Like, we... We didn't even touch on what we were talking about that we were laughing about before we came on here. The whole people talking during movies thing. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. I told you I had a story about that. Yeah, yeah, a story about that. See, that's what I'm saying. There's a beauty to the fact that we can go off on these tangents because we know each other so well. And we're not going to get frustrated if we, like, go off on a tangent now people listening yeah yeah well and that's the thing too because i'm like you know i've i've like listened to podcasts i've listened to your podcast and there are times when i'm like you know it's it gets frustrating for me because i'm like well i don't know who you know johnny is right you know and it's like without a context um of who that person oh, yeah, is you to, wanted to talk to me about this to yeah uh, without the context of who the person is to the story or to the relationship right it's sometimes uh, really really difficult on the listener end so I tried to you know in in my telling of some of these stories um, introduce people and and let yeah. them know who they let the listener know who they are right. um, you know and you have a lot of recurring characters, you know, when you're talking to guys that you've known for a while yeah. and it's like, oh, yeah, Frankie. And it's like, well, Frankie doesn't live close to like be on one of these shows, right? Yeah, he's going to be on he's going to be on uh, the 31st. Oh, cool. So All Frankie, right. Frank, everybody will learn who Frankie is soon. Thankfully, right. he's coming in from California. He's lived in Cal. Him and Kurt are neighbors. Oh, my goodness. Practically, they're in the same neighborhood. <laughs> oh, my God. You two should hook up. Yeah, right. So, so yeah. I mean, and that was just you know one little bit of criticism that I had going on. But, um, but yeah, man. Um, I get that one. That one. That one. I can totally objectively right. be like, yeah, that's probably really fucking frustrating for everybody. So, um, the story that I was going to tell you before, um, just so just to give other people oh, yeah, context, so- we were talking about. Uh, what were we talking about? We were talking. I was telling a tale of a friend of mine who. 
sometimes has a tendency to just walk in. Oh, that's right. That's and right. Like, just start making comments and stuff like that. And like one time I was watching a comedy special and she just like, obviously the, the comic was going in a certain direction and was going to say a certain thing. And my friend just happened to call it out 20 seconds before it happened. <laughs> and I was like, but then it, kudos. But, but then that, that evolved into like the rudeness of people talking in movie theaters and yes. stuff like that. And I'm going to put another one into that. I think it is the worst thing in the world to be on like a train or a plane or something like that and be watching something on your phone or tablet and not have headphones in. Dude, there's there's a guy on the train. There's like an automated voice message that, you know, happens on yeah. the train. Mm-hmm. He says si- like turn down your volume. Yeah. Like it's just But even when it's turned down, it's not like it's for the still, person to hear it, people can still hear it. You absolutely, know? it is. So, it's fucking obnoxious. But my my story about the people talking in the movie theater was on Tuesday night. This past Tuesday, Kara yeah. and I went to one of the theaters out by our house in Vernon Hills. Does yeah. five dollar Tuesday movie nights. Yeah. So we went. My to, theater does that too. Dude, I try and go to the theater every time. I need to do it more. Yeah. So <laughs> so we go to the movie and we say. Or, you know, she, Kara gets the tickets, and um, for, for context for people, Kara is my girlfriend, um, and she gets the tickets, we go and get our seat, and the person's, there's one seat next to me, and then the aisle, right? Uh-huh. On the very top of the... Is the place packed? No. No, <laughs> it's not It's not super packed, but now they do all the assigned seating, you know? So you really can't, like... You can't be like, hey, man, yeah. why are you sitting here? There's, you know, two seats over there or whatever. Right. So anyway, so this woman comes up. She sits down next to us, and she's fine right off the bat. You know, she just puts her jacket in her lap. She's got her little bag of popcorn. She's on her phone, but, you know, the previews are still going on. You get the previews. As soon as the movie starts, as soon as the lights Lights turn off. Either turn that you shit turn your, off or put it on silent. Yep, you and turn. Put you, it in you, your fucking pocket. Exactly, one hundred percent. You do not answer a single text message. Yep. They can wait. One hundred percent. Everybody can wait. Exactly, bro. exactly. A movie, a movie theater is a sacred temple of do not fuck with other people's movie. Don't exactly. Talk, don't talk in the fucking movie. We're paying don't, for the shit. Yeah, don't 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 be on your phone. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, like. Just sit there, watch the movie, and the what I can do is I can deal with a loud rapper from some candy or some type of treat. That's what I can deal with. Talking, we kind of have to. We're right. all doing it, right? Exactly. <laughs> Talking, you know, fucking whatever. Being on your phone, being obnoxious, being rude. There is no place for that in the movie theater, for me. But anyways, this woman sits down and. She's on her phone through the previews, and, and Kara's like, what? Turn your phone on. You know, she's, like, starting to get a little upset about, like, the phone being on and everything. And I'm like, you know, we're good. Like, we have until the previews are over. If when the previews are over, it's still out, I will say something. Yeah. You know? Um, oh, boy. And the movie, and, you know, no, no, no. The movie, uh, the movie starts, and the woman puts her phone away, and she's good. There's only one time, like, you know, those Marvel movies are, like, they they're they're building suspense, building it all, building it all, and then they kind of plateau 
for a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before oh. they, like, get crazy, you know? Yeah. So it was during that plateau time. Did you watch Marvel? I watched Captain. pretty much all of the Marvel no, but movies. Is, is this... Oh, yeah, we went and saw Captain Marvel. Sorry. So good, right? It was so good, So yeah. good, everybody? Yeah, it was really good, really good. Fun time. I'm very excited to see her presence in Endgame. Oh, dude. Endgame's gonna be dope. It's We're gonna getting be that this month. We're getting Game of Thrones this yeah, month. Yeah, right. My favorite video games getting a sequel this <laughs> coming. I'm pumped, bro. This is a good time. John Wick's coming out. Fuck me up, fam. <laughs> Continue your story. So, this chick was doing the whole like, like, you know, I don't know. There's, I'm trying, I'm trying to not spoil it, but like, there's a specific part in the movie where like it starts getting pretty intense and this chick's like oh no nah uh oh no come on oh that's what my friend you know does. and i'm just like oh. shut the fuck up oh my god and she's sitting right next to me and anyone who knows me knows that i don't have a great deal of patience for stuff like that <laughs> i can be very very patient in certain situations but stuff like that is i'm very short with yeah. that you know so, anyways, um, I didn't say anything. I kept my shit together. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, man, it was... Uh... Yeah, that's... I, I experienced that a lot in my theater, but mm-hmm. that's because there are... Uh, it's a whole... There's so many... Yeah, I get it. You don't have to even... You don't even have yeah. to play that game. Yeah. I, we get it. You're, yeah. you're, in, a, you're in a very uh, city yes. atmosphere. Let's just say it. A lot of people say it like that. So, yep, absolutely. But, but yeah, man. I mean, that that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. And then, um, you know, it's just yeah, yeah, dude. Game of Thrones, though. Like, Endgame's gonna be great. Mm -hmm. Thrones. I don't even know what to expect, dude. I this is so. This is we're gonna talk about it when Shane of Thrones happens. Shane of Thrones, we're gonna, we're gonna, what a great name. We're going to predict. We're going to have some predictions. We're going to talk about past scenes. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, it's going to be, I think the first one, we're going to do you, me, and Skirks. Sure. We're going to do the We're gonna do the three that have, the original three. Yeah, man. Yep. Of watching it together. And uh, So when I started watching Game of Thrones, I had no idea what it was. I didn't know. When did you any- start? I started the first season. Okay, I started the second. <clears throat> so, I remember... But I watched the first before I watched the second. Dur- so, dur- during this time, it was when um, my ex and I were... We had split up for a few months. Okay. And towards... like It was like a month or two before she and I got back together. Mm-hmm. And I went on a business trip to... Washington DC. Sure. Um and while I was in DC, I was seeing um what do you call it? I was seeing like not billboards but like uh bus station signs, sure. right? Um and it was it was advertising for something called Game of Thrones and I knew the the actor Sean Bean um from from his previous work of National Treasure, the Nick Cage movie. Um, big fan of those movies. I am. He's in Lord of the Rings. Is he really? He's in the first movie. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So um, I was like, oh, that looks interesting. I love. Th- I love history. Like history really gets me mm-hmm. pumped up. 
Um, I like knowing weird, random bits of history. I like knowing weird, random facts. Um, You're really into the lore of Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, dude. It's, but here's the whole thing. So I, I was going to tell you about this. Because there was such a gap in premiere dates from seasons, the end of season seven to the beginning of season eight, yeah. I did not want to ruin the magic, the excitement. Mm. So I have tried to stay away from Game of Thrones stuff. Yeah. I've rewatched some things that I used to really like be into. Um, There's a fun theory that I want to get into mm. into with you for Shane of Thrones. It's a it's one that's just come to light for me, but it's it. it <laughs> it's like I'm on this. I'm on the top of the fence, bro, and I don't know which way to go. Okay. <laughs> All right. There's a lot of a lot of times when like. There'll be predictions or, you know, things like that, that I don't like that stuff. I don't want to know. I don't want to even think about what any other possibilities could be. I like to know what happened already. You know? Correct. So for me, it's like the world that George R. R. Martin has built yep. is so vast yeah. It's so big with so much history and so much everything yeah. that knowing the history of things and like how the, you know, how this was formed and how this happened this way and what family took over this to make this happen and blah, blah, blah. I like knowing that stuff and the stuff that's coming up, the stuff that, you know, this is, it's a weird situation because. You know, obviously, the show went off of book a few years ago. Yeah. A few seasons ago. I think it was, what, the fifth season? Yeah, that's when they stopped. Okay. So, the last three season, seasons of the show are heavily influenced by Martin. Yes. But they're not Martin. No. You know? They're, they're uh, the, the, the showrunners yeah. um, and the writers and everything. Yeah. But um, they... They don't know what Martin has in, has in store or had planned or anything for the continuation of this. Dude, series. we really don't even know if he finished the freaking six book. Who gives six a shit? Book. Yeah, I mean, at this point, he doesn't care about what what the fans want, right? So he, why should we give a shit that he on. that that he's not giving a shit about us? You know, right? The thing that I find funny is. You know, HBO said that they're not ready for this to be done and they want, you know, they ordered the pilots a few months ago or whatever. Yep. Or not the pilots, they ordered the the screenplays yep. um, a few months ago. And I believe that they chose one and they're taking it to pilot. So that's going to take place like years, years, years. Yeah, we don't know. In the past. I hope, I hope it's either Aegon, which would be dope. It'd be cool. It'd be very actiony because mm-hmm. Aegon the Conqueror conquers Westeros. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so it'd be gnarlier. Um, I don't know. I I feel like they might go the. It 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 would be a safer route in my opinion. I think they'd go a safer route and give us like young Ned and Rob. No, no. You don't think so? I don't think they're gonna do that because the rebel the the um, Robert's rebellion didn't last very long. Right. It was only like a year. Right. It only lasted like a year or so. Right. It was very abrupt and very quick. Right. So the fact that 
That could be like a one season thing. Though. It could be a one season thing, but how do you go from that timeline where that was like? Because after that war, it wasn't another eight years until the Greyjoy Rebellion. Right. So you can't just have, you know, seven seasons or six seasons. Of different stories? Of Well, no, you could do of different stories. And I think that would be kind of cool where it was like, you know, kind of like a true detective thing. That's what I mean. Where like each season is a story. And that would be that would be pretty dope. But what I think they're going to do. That's what Star Wars needs to do with all their movies. Yeah. They need to go away from the when you have When you have such a huge like canon to choose from you you can kind of play that game you know like so i think what would be cool that would be really cool with game of thrones but i think what's going to happen with game of thrones it if this um this prequel pilot you know gets ordered after pilot now remember Game of Thrones, the the first pilot that was done for Game of Thrones right. was garbage. And they recast um, Catelyn Stark. Yep. They recast a handful of, I think they recast uh, Daenerys Targaryen. Yep. A lot of people. Um, so A lot of important people yeah, for the first season. Right. And, and, and I heard somewhere that the pilot, the original pilot, shows John Aaron before his death. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been good, right? <laughs> Although it is fitting to open with the to, to open the series with this predominant death, and you don't have to really know who he was. Or yeah, what, I mean, you we, just we're just exp- it's just expressed to us that he does die, right? And and he you is know, dead. Sorry, and all dead. and all you know is that he is here. He was the hand of the king, and he was the warden of the Vale, right? You know, and he was. He there is speculation that he's murdered in the beginning to kind of make it a more attractive death is that there's speculation that he was murdered. Right, right, right. Which was, we, that he didn't just die of a natural mm-hmm. cause that someone killed him. Right, right. So, I don't know. I mean, I think that the prequel stuff, from what I've heard, they're talking about doing, like you said, Aegon's, Conquer, or Aegon's Conquest, which I think could be a really, really good... Um, like longevity, you know. I mean, they they want to be yeah, able to take to another. They want to be able to take another eight to ten seasons, and and kind of milk this for what it's worth. I think what would be best for Aegon probably is about like a six season. Yeah, six seasons kind of deal. I could see six. I could see yeah. five to seven. You know, like. Yeah, in that range because eight's not too much. I think, I think what they've done with what's going on now, and I'm not going to spoil anything. I think what they've done now with season eight, and I kind of, I, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm not wrong, but I agree with the six episodes. Yeah, it's gotten to the point where we can cut traveling right. because obviously in the beginning of the series we need that to right. give us this world and bring us in but now fuck man we've already been everywhere right well we haven't been everywhere sorry we haven't been (laughs) everywhere well that's why prequels are gonna happen but in our story there's only a couple places left where the story takes place Mm -hmm. and it's time it's time to just give us what we want (laughs) right right and take the story to its end Mm mm-hmm because obviously this is the last season. Yeah. So obviously we're ending. You know, it would be really cool too if they did like Aegon's Conquest, like the last few seasons 
of the of the arc. Yeah. And before that, they do like the Doom of Valyria and like the Targaryen family going to Dragonstone and you know um, that kind of shit. I don't yeah. know. But then they also have like I mean they could pull for so many things. The War of the Nine Penny Kings would be great, right? The Nine Penny Kings, following all of those characters that we know in their youth, yeah, Barristan Selmy, Rickard that. Stark, um, Kev- Kevin and uh, Tywin or yeah Tywin Lannister, yeah, um, dude, it would be fucking epic, and you'd get you can make like uh, a season for each character, Steph- Stephen Baratheon. Oh, Robert right. Robert Renly and uh yeah, yeah, yeah. and Stannis's father. Right. You know? And and then you could see like how that all unfolded to make them, you know, orphans. Right. Basically. But um yeah, dude, I mean, there's a lot of different ways that they could go about it, you know, and and I like the fact that HBO's not ready to be done with it. On the other hand, you know, I don't want HBO to milk it for what it's worth and have it be subpar. I don't think it will, though, because HBO doesn't usually do that. Right. That's what I mean. Like, I have to watch the new True Detective because obviously the first one's great. I haven't watched the second season. Neither um, have I. Yeah. I, I, saw, I, I just recently saw when I, was, um, when I was on rest for my surgery that I just had, um, I watched the first season of true detective and it was fucking dude it's baller it's, 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 i tried watching the first episode of the second season and i didn't and i fell asleep halfway through it but i i wasn't that interested in this yeah go ahead um yeah it's i think what's going to happen yeah game of thrones can go anyway it's just gonna be a thing um matt's gotta pee everybody oh no oh no it's okay i already did it there's no shame in it. It's hard. Um Well, cat's out of the bag, I guess. Yep. Shane's gonna Shane's gonna try and do open mic nights and I'm gonna start the difficult road of comedy. Um we're gonna see how it goes. <laughs> I'm a little nervous. Um as me and Matt were talking already, I'm a little nervous just because of the culture that we're in right now and I'm very vulgar when it comes to my humor. It's not really that clean, to be completely honest. Um, it's not very PC. So we're gonna give it a whirl. Um, we're gonna try. I'm gonna try my best. Uh, yeah, I'm just really nervous. That's 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 the deal. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody, but. Then again, some of the shit in this world is kind of fun. <laughs> it's fun to make fun of uh, things that are controversial. And to be completely honest, some of the things are a little ridiculous. And I'm going to make fun of things. <laughs> I'm going to make fun of myself a lot. I've had a, there's a lot to make fun of with me. I make donuts. That's the, that's the <laughs> I feed the world. Uh, what creates diabetes? <laughs> I am a contributor in the diabetic problem of the of the planet. So, I've been working on some, uh, been working on some bits. Uh, I used to have some ambition to become a writer, and uh, I realized I hadn't lived enough life yet to uh, flesh out a kind of story that I would like to tell. Um, 
the problem is, is that I was living it. So writing about it was a little weird and a little uh a little fresh, so emotions would get high while writing and I didn't think that was super healthy for what I was while I was trying to get past those certain things. So yeah. Just telling them about what so so I found joke writing a little more attractive than writing down a full-fledged story because most of my stories have a little bit of a humor <laughs> humor aspect to them kind of self-deprecating and whatever I like at whatever little stories I write little bits that I write I'm normally self-deprecating and trying to make some funny trying there's, to make myself laugh there's not a problem with doing self-deprecating but when you constantly do it and become known as the guy who's self-deprecating. Yeah. Well, that's why I want to do comedy because I can do it and make people laugh about it, but then I can also bitch about other stuff and make people laugh about that. Yeah. But obviously I have to have some kind of vulnerability when I'm on stage to make people relate to me. Yes. But on here, yes, I try my best not to self-deprecate myself. But when I have to explain why I self-deprecate myself, I feel like it kind of gives people a little more light on what's going on with me and like how, who I am, because obviously they have no idea who the fuck I am. So I have to give them a little, I have to be a little more vulnerable on here as well, because I'm not, not Dak Shepard. I haven't had a career. I can't just pop up a podcast and every fan that I've ever had, I can just blast it on Twitter and people are going to love it. Um, even though there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not, I'm not envious of that at all. I just had to start doing this because, No, I don't I don't think that it's a I don't think that the podcast is something that you need to necessarily worry about where it is or where it's going or anything. I, I, mean, I, I have no worries. You at could all. essentially be sitting in a room by yourself talking into a voice recorder. Yep. And it's it's almost as therapeutic as what you're doing right now for yourself because yeah. what you're doing right now is you're getting the things getting the thoughts out you're you're putting them out there if hypothetically if no one were to listen to this yeah. it would just be a recording of your thoughts and memoirs basically like yeah. you know if you didn't have guests or anything right. um the fact that you have turned it into this long format you know freewheeling do as talk about whatever you want yeah. kind of kind of uh, platform it just shows me that to you this is more about what it brings to you and what it brings to the person that you're talking to yeah you know so when i hear you know when i hear an episode and i'm like oh man like you shouldn't do that or you shouldn't do this or you know maybe oh that was really good but you know like we still need to work work on this and then I like try and think to myself, I'm like, well, first of all, this has nothing to do with me. I'm just trying to help him out. Yeah. Secondly, <clears throat> secondly, let him figure it out. Let him do it. That's part of the growth. That's part of the experience of saying, I want to do this. Be bad at things, man. Oh, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that you're bad, but I'm just saying like in general, people have this this idea that if they're not perfect at something when they immediately start it, that it's not worth doing or they're just not good enough or whatever. And it's like, 
you're supposed to be bad at things. Not everyone is a phenomenon or an idiot savant or, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say idiot, I should say savant. You know, (laughs) not everyone is just, you know, has the aptitude to, you know, whether it's pick up a basketball and shoot three pointers and, you know, or, you know, or run a football down the field the fastest or write the greatest stories or, you know, whatever the case may be. I mean, even in the most like mundane jobs or medial jobs, it's like there could be the guy who punches the fucking train ticket better and faster (laughs) and, and everything. But why are we comparing each other? Why are we comparing ourselves to each other? Like it should be about the fulfillment for you. It is. That's, that's why when we were talking earlier, um, before the podcast, it's just, I love that all of my friends want me to, you know, strive to be better Mm -hmm. and do and try to create, try to create something more of it. But right now, I spent three hundred dollars mm-hmm. on the equipment. Yeah, um, I play Magic the Gathering, but to be completely honest, there are about five that are five Magic the Gathering podcasts that are just on point. Mm-hmm. They cover all grounds. Right. It's it's a part of my life. I'll talk about it on here. I don't have any shame in that part of right. my life. I'll talk about it with a friend. I have a buddy Jordan coming in after you. We're probably going to talk about magic for a good 30 to 40 minutes. <laughs> and whether people find that interesting, that's besides the point. Right. I want to sit down with a friend yeah. and talk because and I don't do that that yeah, often. I have exactly. to live my life. And there is a certain aspect of our culture right now, in my opinion, and I understand that people might not agree, but... We don't sit down and talk right. all the time. It's a quick, hey, let's go do something. We mm-hmm. don't set aside the time to actually sit down with each other face-to-face and just yep. have a one-on-one. Whether Dude. it's about something astronomically important yeah. is besides the point. I, If people want to listen, they want to listen. And I just want to sit down with people and talk to them. So why not just put it on the internet and see if people find it? Right. See if someone finds it attractive if, yeah if they're if they're interested in it and they want to listen and all of that yeah so, maybe yeah, no, i get it man yeah i completely get it so no i think that this is great dude i was pumped to be on the show and when i had to cancel two weeks ago or whatever it was like i, I was so fucking bummed it. dude i, I was I super so bummed like I felt so bad. I was oh, like, oh, man, sucks, that's dude. It you were sucks. like, I'm in the hospital. I'm like, first off, I'm not even worried about the podcast. What's going on, asshole? Why are right. you going to the fix? Well, no, like I didn't I didn't cancel on you for that, did I? I didn't cancel on you twice. No, but it was because of the surgery. You got sick. Oh, but it wasn't. Actually, I found out like, like after the fact. I thought it was initially. So, oh. you know, I had my I had my gallbladder removed, which is a pretty, you know, standard procedure kind of thing. Um, but that happened in the middle of February and I spent like two nights in the hospital. Um, and then I had a week off of work, uh, after the surgery. Right. You're supposed to be in on March 3rd, right? You were- right. Right. So, so it was like, uh, it was it like the a week surgery. after I went back to work. So, yeah. um, and dude, you know, they say like, oh, you're, you're, you got to watch what you eat, you know, like yeah. fatty foods and, and sauces and things like that. And deep fried foods is like a big one. Right. So, you know, I was, I'm doing really good. And, you know, like 
we're cooking at home and you know I'm not drinking I'm not drinking soda and sugary water and not all that kind of shit. Not drinking your Mountain Dew. Oh dude. <laughs> that was it was my thing. It was my Mountain Dew. Dude, I still I still see it. I still see it like like the other night oh. I was at a I was at a place and like it, it was on the um the soda machine. Yeah. I was like I just want to put my face <laughs> underneath it and drink it so bad right now. <laughs> like in the movies. Oh dude. Like wheezing the juice yeah. like what, Encino man. No wheezing the juice. Um but yeah dude uh so like gave that up and everything and then the day before I was supposed to come in and do the podcast I was out you know um buddy of mine is helping me uh, fabricate parts for my motorcycle yeah. and you know we're working in his shop and everything and I go before I go there I stop and I get something to eat uh from Dunkin Donuts and I get like a you know a donut whatever and a fucking sandwich or something right a cup of coffee and I, I like gave up coffee too I drink one cup of coffee a week Ooh. um it's kind of like my vice you know hey man I I treat myself I've I I, I have to drink coffee I'm yeah. just in that position where I have to see drink. I don't like black coffee so my coffee was like cream and, and like splendor or something like that oh that's fair uh mm. I there's a there's an alternative sweetener called stevia. That's yeah, really good. I've heard of it. It's it's decent. Yeah. Um, it gets the job done. Okay. <laughs> it's not sugar. Yeah. Obviously, but uh, and then I use almond milk. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah. I'm trying to cut out dairy. Good. Just because. You should listen to a certain person that goes on Joe Rogan's mm-hmm. podcast. Her name's Dr. Rhonda Patrick. She's a nutritionist. Okay. Good time. Yeah. She's very smart and very nice and. Would she sugar's bad, Matt? Sugar's yeah, bad. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> no, I, I saw this. I saw this thing. I think it was one of those Adam ruins everything's. You oh, ever seen those? I haven't watched his, but I, I'm aware of it. Yeah. Now. Okay. So he does like it's a sh- it's a show on like True TV or I don't know some random channel, but it started it's off on Netflix too. Is it? Oh. Okay. Good. Um, it started off on College Humor. Yep. And he did one about, uh, I think it's like diet fads or low fat foods or something like Mm -hmm. that and one of the things that he said was like you know they talk about or they're back in back in history yeah yeah, yeah. you know like the 60s 70s 80s all that kind of stuff they said how um you know everything needed to be low fat low fat this low fat that low fat this so you know they were taking out all of the fat Mm -hmm. from the from the food and they had to find a way to make it uh, to make it tasty, basically, yeah. to make it decent enough to yeah. sell, so they just started adding sugar and um, you know, and and salt in certain cases. Yeah. So like, my dad had a situation like 15 years ago where he passed out, mm-hmm. and um, you know, they they there was some like some minor heart thing or something like that, but the takeaway was salt. Salt right. is salt is brutal, you know. Like yeah. added sodium, the things that you're making or the things that you're making probably need some salt. Maybe not as much as you think. Yeah, when they you cook need. at home, when you're cooking like vegetables, you add a little right. salt and right, right, the right. flavor. Yeah. Right, and that and that's totally fine. Absolutely. But but when you go to like a restaurant or you go to fast food or something like that. The sodium levels are off the fucking <laughs> charts, dude. It's so it's crazy. Have you ever gone to like you know uh Let's just say, you know, like a, a fast, casual sit down, but like, you know, 
like a Bennigan's. I'll say Bennigan's because they're no longer around. Right. But like like one of those types of places, and you eat, and then you leave there, and you're like, oh my god, I'm so fucking full. <laughs> That's not necessarily. I got my money worth. <laughs> yeah, that's not necessarily worth. because you ate that much. Now, right. yeah, it could definitely be because of that, but it's more so because of the salt content that's in their mm-hmm. prepackaged foods. Yep. And then you have the poss- you have the ability to put more salt on it, yep. and it's like there's so much salt in every single thing. Shit, dude. I remember working in some restaurant or something like that, and seeing like the dessert. Yep. And seeing the sodium in the like the salt, the yeah. amount of salt in the dessert, and it was like there's almost almost as much salt in this dessert as there is sugar, uh-huh. you know, and and it's like a piece of chocolate cake. And you're like, <laughs> wait, what? Why is there so much salt? Like it's, it's supposed to be sweet. So, it's because they make so much of it, <clears throat> right? I get it, but I'm just saying it's like it's like I think salt and sugar are like. Brutal, brutal things. You know, salt's needed, but you obviously everything in access is bad. All right, when you need a certain amount of certain things, like technically, when you your sugar content that you have in a day, if you're a healthy human being and work mm-hmm. out, you know, work out every other day or every two days or whatever. Yeah, your your max intake for sugar should be like twenty five grams right of sugar a day, just to kind of keep your body in check. Yeah. Because you need everything. Yeah. It's just you need a certain amount. Right. And when go you go access. when you go more than that, it's you know it's de- detrimental to well, your health. If you're if you're going more than that, it's you know not healthy, obviously. But it's also like you're putting more junk and 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 calories and whatever into your body. Yeah. That now you need to your your daily movements need to be increased to kind of burn that off. You know. And and the <laughs> thing is for people that don't you know, work out and, and, and that kind of stuff. And they just like eat whatever they want. You know, it, it catches up with you, you know, I mean, I'm 10 years older than you. So like what the, what I thought at 25 and, and the way that I lived my life at 25, I didn't fucking think anything about what I ate. I didn't think right. anything about, you know, any of that kind of stuff. That's why Skirky's my white knight. Right. right. <laughs> you know, I mean, there are definitely people that, that do think about that like Skirky, you know, but he's also, he is, he doesn't see food. I would, I would almost assume that he doesn't see food as a pleasure. He sees it as a fuel. Oh no, he enjoys his mouth pleasure. He's just got the <sighs> discipline to not do it all the time. Okay. All that right. boy can knock food down like no other. Okay. He will have a fatty, fat burger from uh, Bulldogs uh, and just... I'm so hungry right now. That's it's like so oh my god! I just want that right now. <laughs> um, no, but you know, I mean, it's the diet shit's the diet shit. You know, like yeah, we it's all not know. A diet, it's a lifestyle. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe we shouldn't use gender pronouns with that guy. <laughs> I gotta pee again too. I'm oh such an gosh. asshole. Here's the topic. Um, crap. No, I'm not talking about that. Why not? That's Poop terrible. Funny. No, 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 Poop no. Is funny. Nope. Low brow, low brow humor, friend. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my. There's god. so many things that we've done together. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of something that you could talk about. It's just. You weren't there when we went to Waukegan. That was obnoxious. No, I was we not. We went to Waukegan. That was so stupid. 
don't know why. I didn't even do that. I went on an adventure on my own. When they went to Waukegan, I'll tell you this story real quick. I don't think you know this story. I went on, So I was hesitant to talk about this, and I'm open to talking about it. I'm just not going to say the person's name or get into <laughs> super extraneous detail about it, but it is just... It's kind of a main pusher on why I'm doing this. It's not a main pusher, but it's definitely something that's in the back burner and why it kind of motivates me to do this. Okay. Um, to do this podcast. I spent a good amount of time focused on one human being. And for me, it was not healthy. Um, I don't. I don't regret a lot of it, but I do think that a lot of it was a waste of time. I am happy I knew that person, um, and I just, I, <laughs> they went to Waukegan to this party, and she sent me a text message, and we hadn't talked for a while, and she was like, can you come pick me up at this dude's place? I was like, shit, it's in the middle of winter, and obviously, when, when a female texts you, hey, I need you to come pick me up from a dude's place. It normally means she's uncomfortable and you should probably help out a friend. So I went to help out a friend and we got into an argument that on the car ride home because of my own fucking ego and wanting what I wanted. Um, But they went out to this fucking Waukegan party and then after I dropped her off, I drove all the way out to Waukegan from fucking Fox Lake. Mm. After I'd already driven to Barrington from Wakanda in the middle of winter in my little shit box of a car. Why? Because I was fucking... It was a bad time, man. <laughs> we don't need to talk about why. We already know why. Okay. You personally already know why. That's why I don't want to go into it. But that's just... It was a, it's a motivator. It was a motivator for me because I spent so much time not focusing on myself. And it's time to focus on myself. Yeah, 100%, man. Like... You know when you're on an airplane and they say if the if the airplane cabin loses cabin pressure, yeah, and the masks drop from the ceiling. Do you first? Yep. Yeah. You know why that is? I mean, I have an idea, but I want to hear your idea. <laughs> you tell you tell me what you think first. Why you have to save yourself first? Yeah. Um, I selfish reasons. I have. I honestly. No, it's it's the most unselfish reason. Because if you put your mask on first, yeah. you will be able to help more people. Oh, okay. So if you put your mask on first, yep. you can help the person next to you. You can help the person on the other side. Gotcha. You can turn around. You can help the person, the people behind you, okay. the people in front of you, all of that kind of stuff. And they say there are there are plenty of situations in life yeah. where you need to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. Yeah. And I am a true believer in helping others yeah. and doing those, you know, quote unquote right things. Yeah. But if you're not good, if you're not healthy, if you're not right with yourself, yeah. you're never going to be able to be right for someone else. Oh, absolutely. You never, you, I mean, you're never going to be able to be right, quote unquote, <laughs> right, right for anyone it's all of those types of things take hard work and discipline and you know commitment and all of that but when i say right for someone else i basically mean you're not going to be able to help someone in in a time of need if you're not 
physically, mentally, and emotionally correct. That's why that situation was kind of yeah. That right. that's why that situation went south is because and I you wasn't. were young, dude. I mean, like I could look back at oh, so many stupid. times. Yeah. <laughs> I could look back at so many times in my life, and even when I was your age, and just be like, "Why the fuck was I doing shit like that?" <laughs> you know, like you know what my idea of a of a great weekend is. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. What are you? What are you my idea of a great weekend is I come home on Friday night. I order a pizza for dinner. I lay on the couch with my girlfriend, and we fucking just watch TV. That's that's, that's I'm with you. And what do I do on Saturday? <laughs> Pretty much the same thing. I just wake up whenever I want to wake up. I'm what do I do you. on Sunday? Virtually the same thing. <laughs> that's my you. idea. Like, and 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 I understand that there are people. I mean, shit, Kurt, your uncle is one of them who like needs to be doing something all the time. My ex-wife was one of them, where it was just like, there constantly needs to be something, and then if the other person doesn't want to do that, then it's like, ugh, all you ever want to do is just like sit around and be lazy, and it's like, I'm not being lazy, because all week I'm fucking waking up, going to work, doing my thing at work, you know, doing doing the thing, doing the dance, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's like, I just want the relaxation and I want my time. I don't want to have to be on someone else's schedule. I don't want to have to be on someone else's, you know, plan for something. Like, in a selfish way, I don't want people to, like, invite me to things because of that. But I, that, (laughs) that's, that's... That's not a that's not a possibility. I mean, you have to have your friendships and your relationships and hey, everything, you and your stuff. and your family. And I do want to do stuff. You know, there are definitely times where I'm like, okay, well, I've had, you know, this for this amount of time, and yeah. I'm ready to do something now. So it's yeah. like it's almost like I just want to be able to do the things that I want to do when I want to do them and how I want to do them. And I know that that's like a really selfish thing to say, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm with you. Sorry, don't I, care. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> you know what? If I want to fucking I watch a movie in my in my own home and yeah, man. I mean, like Eliza hasn't seen a lot of movies, and it's like, wow, this is a fresh opportunity mm-hmm. to show her and, and educate. And it's an it's an opportunity for you to watch those awesome movies. Again. Absolutely, like she you hasn't know? seen The Matrix yet. I can't Dude, wait. Dude, I, I haven't seen The Matrix. Either. Oh my god, I'm <laughs> such a dork. <laughs> No, 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 no. Uh, I mean, yeah, you should watch it. You can borrow those too. I got them. Borrow them. (laughs) Maybe, maybe at a later date. I think I'm going to take the Lord of the Rings. Oh, you're taking the Lord of the Rings. Kara said that she has seen them. It's down to watch them again. But she's watching. Yeah, yeah. Because everybody's down. Before the last Fantastic Beast movie came out, I was like, I want to watch all the Harry Potter movies. (laughs) And before and and before that, when the uh, that was a good time when the star when the newest Star Wars movie came out, I was like, well, I want to watch all (laughs) in order. That's a fun thing. Mm -hmm. I always it's real fun to watch the first three and see how shitty they are. (laughs) Those for, and then when you look at it objectively, you're like, oh, for that time, that's actually really impressive. Episode one, two, and three are brutal, though, dude. That's a generational thing. Oh, it's God. a generational thing. You got to acknowledge it. For me, I and don't my, know if I can. For me and my buddies, they're me. So what? Fuck get, you. Get the fuck out of here with hate. Jar Jar Binks, get you piece of shit. Here. BB-8 can eat it. Fuck okay? you, dude. Fuck BB-8's B- awesome. Fuck BB-8. 
It's not awesome at all. Oh my Shove God. it up your ass, you old oh, man. No, I want to no, see a little no. ball roll around in the sand, which Shut isn't even up. fucking possible. Shut up. Get out of here. Oh, like R2-D2's R2 R2-D2's wheeled fucking legs they were got, possible? Yeah, they're like <laughs> they're they're like tank, tank fucking wheels. rolls. Yeah. Tank wheels. Yeah, so it is realistic. Mm. Shove it. Mm, I don't think so. Jar Jar Binks is a Sith Lord, okay? Dude. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks is controlling that whole situation the whole time. <laughs> oh, on really? The front line. Is that what it is? That's one of the theories. And they, and they just don't say it in the yeah, movies. One of the, yeah, well, no, there's a. The only reason why the theory exists is because in the third, in the third Star Wars, when he's talking to everybody, mm-hmm. he's moving his hands like Palpatine would when he would talk to the Senate. Mind using his Jedi mind tricks on everybody. That's the theory. Mm. It's obviously a fucking stretch. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks is just a dopey ass character that they put in there just to guide the plot. Sure, sure. <laughs> just the kind of all right. We're gonna go down to the gun. We saw go down here. Fuck that. We saw go Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, we saw your humble Did you did you ever hear? Did you ever hear that Michael Jackson approached George Lucas to be Jar Jar Binks? No fucking way. I heard that on the internet somewhere, so take it with with whatever it is. But my favorite, my only, my favorite comedic moment in the first in in Phantom Menace is when they go down to the Gungans, and the one dude's like. <laughs> He's like, you saw a big doo-doo this time. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for ruining your Black Panther party. Yes. It's just like... Oh, Oh my God. That's good stuff. But yeah, I think... I think what's attractive about those three movies for my buddies and I is that we were that young and Anakin was that young. Shut up, man. Don't okay. come at me. I can I can, and I can understand and we're watching, that. And we're watching Young Vader. That's that's the only attractive part for me. Yeah. If I'm yeah, they're bad movies, but for me it's like, okay, we're watching young No, I think this I think the story like is good yeah. in the Star Wars world. Correct. You know, like it's just that on film, they there were there were a lot of parts that were pretty ridiculous, and I'm not a huge fan of well, Attack, uh, Attack of the Clones is a honking piece of poop. <laughs> honking piece of poop. I'm not a big fan of um, what's his face, Hayden Christensen. No one is. Yeah, I know he's awful. And Portman wasn't that great either. Natalie she was Portman. given a bad script. Natalie Portman's a great actor. Well, no, she for sure. Good. I know that. She was that. given a bad script. Of course. Um, the reason did you, know, did you know that Kira Knightley was Natalie Portman's the like the yep. stand-in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or not the stand-in in the movie sense, but like in the storyline, she was the stand-in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was the yeah. She was the substitute. She was her doppelganger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, the third movie. To be completely honest, the downfall. <laughs> The rise of Vader, the beginning of Vader, is just the most the the best part about that. When he goes in to the Jedi Temple and just demolishes the whole temple, mm-hmm. oh, dude! Because I, you don't, I don't expect you to watch it, but there is the Clone Wars, uh-huh. which is uh, animated series, and it's all Anakin all the time and we're watching we're, there's it's in cartoon form but they show us reasons why Anakin questions the Jedi Temple unlike in the movies where it's kind of hard to 
there's only so much you can do in a certain amount of time trying to get someone to turn against an order. Right. Something that he's grown up with. Like, it's hard. So they gave us the Clone Wars, and it's just, it, it kind of adds a little more to why you can like Isn't that the movie. animated thing, though? It's a good time. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a, it, it's good storytelling. Okay. You get into the Mandalorians, which are uh, Boba Fett's people, and okay. you get into all that, and they get deeper into it. You get How more. How many of them are there? There's like five seasons. Oh. They just rebooted it. They're not sorry. They're not. They're not rebooting it. They're bringing it back. To what? They're bringing it back because they didn't end it. They didn't, oh, oh, I got, they, I got. They what got, you're they got canceled. Mm. But they're bringing, where? Where do you watch? Can is it on like Netflix? It's on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a good time. Interesting. It's not super cool. Have you seen? I'm totally gonna steer us in the in a Segway. different direction. Have you seen? The Umbrella Academy. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude, that's dope. It was a good time. That was dope. <laughs> was that a, was dope. It was a good time. The, the te- we're just spoiled right now. I've said this before. We're just really spoiled with television right now. There's it's just so stupid. many good stories going well, on. It's like it's. I feel like everything that they were working towards in like the you know like from the birth of film and animation until now is like everything that they've been working for for and now we're just like now it's just refining the process yeah you know like computer graphics are there i mean shit they're creating dragons out of thin air they're oh. you know <laughs> they're doing we're all gonna of these watch kinds them of things f- we're gonna watch them fight dude dude it's we're gonna be gonna crazy Fight. It's gonna be crazy. Uh-huh. I can't. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just get a big boner thinking about it. Yeah, right. Pardon me. <laughs> oh god. But anyways, like with the visual effects and all of that kind of stuff, it's like anything is possible and anything possible. Well, like is... in Captain Marvel, we just got a young Samuel Jackson, even though he's not eight. even not even a young Samuel L. Jackson. We got a young the guy's name is Clark Gregg, the guy who plays Agent Coulson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We he, got him too. He, but you also have to remember that they, those, both of those guys are, um, what do you call it? They're like, uh, they, they've been acting for a long time. They've been yeah. in a lot of things. So for them, it was very easy, or not, I'm not going to say easy, but it was easier for the graphics team to make them look younger when they had a, right. a, a frame of reference for yeah, that. Yeah. They also did it in... Um, Rogue One with Carrie Fisher. Yeah, they did. Young young Leia at the end of Rogue One. I thought that they just used remastered versions of the original, of New Hope. From right, the that's first, where our from technology... Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's basically what they did. And General Tarkin, yeah, they did it really old skinny guy yeah okay it's All basically right. what they did okay just have a stand-in that's what they did with uh paul Walker. oh oh i get what you're saying yeah okay, how okay, they okay. can digitally yeah. it's gotten better yeah because when they did that for paul walker it was kind of like okay we notice it at the end of the fast and furious movies if right. you have if you have no idea that paul walker passed away and then they had to cgi his face like five years ago yeah right. it was a long time ago. i know um but his, they had his brother stand in both yeah, of his brothers I yeah i knew that so yeah, um, when we get a young Sam Jackson in Captain Marvel, yeah, it's dude. really cool. It was really cool. They did it with Kurt Russell in Guardians Galaxy yeah. Two. Uh huh. It's really yeah. Technology's great. It's a weird time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how I feel about the deceased being 
it's being rebrand. Yeah, yeah. It's a like weird. the holograms and shit. Is that yeah. what you're talking about? No, I'm talking about in film. Like oh, okay. Bringing, I mean, obviously, if the family gives permission, then like fair game. Sure, it's just a little weird for me. Who do they bring back? Well, they're gonna do Carrie Fisher in the last Star Wars movie. Oh. And they did General Tarkin, who's been passed away for a while. Hmm. It's oh. just, yeah, it's just gonna be. It's just gonna be weird. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't find it like ethically well, may, or morally, well, morally wrong. Yeah, if the family, weird. it's just, it just weird. weird. Yeah, it's just like, oh, they're dead. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> like if, it'd be weird if I saw Chris Farley. Like if someone, if so, if they could somehow create Chris Farley again, yeah, right. It'd be fucking weird. Yeah. I'd be like, no way. Get this out of my face. Tommy Boy is the goat. We're yeah. gonna leave it at that he's and the, just let it be. He's the goat. He is the goat. The goat. He's the goat. Dude, I love black sheep still. <laughs> Like, Vote for Donnelly with uh, Gary Busey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just that dynamic. What, what did there was like some crazy <laughs> shit that Gary Busey said in that movie. He's like, he's like, boy, I can skin a goat in two point four seconds. What <laughs> makes you think I won't slit your throat? <laughs> like. <laughs> Take a good look at a T bone by sticking my head up a bull's ass, but wait, it's gotta I, be your bull. <laughs> <laughs> Just dandy, Richard. <laughs> I got a bowl of chocolate pudding in my underpants. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> they're tearing my flesh off. <laughs> Save yourself. <laughs> Now we're just quoting movie lines to to, to the audience, so we got to stop that. Yeah, I know. It's a good moment. It happens, though. Yeah, it happens, I mean, though. It's a real What are you going to do about it? <laughs> I don't know. Stop. <laughs> I, uh, you, uh, so you're obviously into the Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. Are you a big fan of DC characters at all? Or is it kind of like, one or the other with you. Not at all. Um, I appreciate both of yeah. them. Um, I'm just more talking about the Joker movie that's coming out with Joaquin Phoenix. Okay, so two of my favorite characters of all comics, mm -hmm. encompassing all comics, are DC characters. Okay. Um, the Green Lantern, or the Green Arrow, yep. is one of my absolute knockdown favorites. Hell yeah. Um, and it was prior to... The show era, yeah. which the first like three or four seasons of that show are awesome, and I can't comment on any seasons after that because I have not been keeping up. I watched the first two, right? No, sorry, yeah, the first three, and I was just like, I can't keep up anymore. But I also love Batman, like the Batman storyline, and and all of those stories and everything are fantastic to me. Um, as far as the Joker movie. I don't necessarily know how much of a fan I'm going to be knowing like a prequel story, like a origin story of the Joker because part of the allure of the Joker is that his name is just the Joker. He doesn't have Oh, you like that Harvey as Dent Two-Face. He doesn't gotcha. have Oswald Coppelpot is the po so penguin. You, you like the, you like I like the fact that the Joker is 
exactly what the Joker should be. It is one of the, in my opinion, greatest villains in any thing, gotcha. in anything, movies, TV, yeah. whatever. Um, I'll let you borrow. I'll, I'm going to let you borrow a book. It's, it's a it's a graphic novel. Okay, um, it's really short. But sure, it's called The Killing Joke. I've heard of it. It's and but the, but here's the thing with the Joker is like he's such a madman. Correct. That the fact that he does not have a name, just the Joker. Mm-hmm. No one knows his origin. No one knows where he comes from. No one has. Well, you there's know, definitely there's definitely been written. People have written yeah, yeah, like in the comics and everything. I get that. The Killing Joke is the first one to actually give the Joker something. All okay. all comic all comic lines with the Joker in it. He was just this crazy clown that would rob banks, and he's just right. But I like that a, he didn't have a personality to it. Uh, I, yeah, I kind of I kind of yeah. like that because it is the chaos and it is the you know it is the antithesis of yeah. the Batman character, which is why they're such a great hero villain combination. Yeah. Is because they're like, you know, where Batman is like justice and, you know, all of what Batman stands for. And then you have the Joker who stands for chaos and anarchy and complete, you know, just yeah. off the wall kind of shit. Um, I, I like that. So I'm very interested to see because I think I do like Hakeem Phoenix. Um, I think that he's a solid actor. You know, his portrayal of Johnny Cash in Walk the Line was fucking epic. Um but it's the whole storyline thing. I fucking hate the Jared Leto Joker from Suicide, uh, um, Suicide Squad. Uh, I, I mean, it, it was awful. It was garbage. <laughs> it was garbage. Fun fact, uh, 20 minutes of his performance was cut out of the film. Good. So there was 20 minutes that we we could have seen. Yeah. Which maybe could have given it a little more light, but in my, in all honesty, I agree with you. It, there's nothing. He was so. It was like if. <laughs> it's like if Heath Ledger's voice. He was attempting to do Heath Ledger's voice, mm-hmm. with his own little spin on it. Yeah, and kind of made him. Made him a little too punky. I didn't, yeah, I didn't like the the like punk rock aspect to it. Too many. I didn't like the tattoos. I didn't like the tattoos on the face. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I like, would have got the tattoos like on the arms. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Right on the face, get the fuck out of here. Well, and like the Joker was always the hand thing that didn't really bother me that much because that was kind of like Heath Ledger's like um, scars, you know. Yeah, but you have to also keep in mind that the Joker was never not dressed to the nines. The Joker always wore a suit and like, you know, like whatever. Yeah, they were crazy outlandish colors and the purples and the greens and all that. But the the Jared Leto Joker was just like the slick back, bright neon green hair. Tattoos (laughs) on the face was ridiculous. Yeah. Why did he have to be, why did his whole body have to be white? Like, that's what I liked about Ledger's because it was face paint. It was just it was it was as if this person woke up in the morning and just decided it just went crazy and painted their face yeah. and didn't care about the way that it looked. Yeah. Had these fucked up scars. This guy just fucking leaned into the chaos and crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why the it, one of my favorite scenes is the Harvey Dent scene. 
Yeah. When he's in the hospital. Yeah. And he's talking about the chaos. Yeah. And he's just like. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And then. He you basically know, gives us what he is. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then you have the, the Leto version of it. And it's like. It's this weird, polished, but kingpin. want to be gritty, kingpin-esque kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you know, and and where Ledger's character was sadistic in the way that it was. It was yeah. dark and sadistic. Leto's version was sadistic just to be sadistic. And I didn't like that. Yeah. You know, it was like that, that whole scene where they're in the club and... Um, they just Harley took- Quinn was dancing around, and she got that little flowy top on and everything. Yeah. And then he forces the he forces the common Commons character, Common the rapper. Yeah, he forces him to like say shit about you know how pretty she is or something like that. And he shoots, and then he shoots him in the head or something. Yeah, yeah. and I was just like, that's like that would ne- that's not the Joker. No, 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 it's not the Joker. He's at gonna all. go out and do something. He's right. not gonna sit down with someone and just. Right, play games, play the mob, or some shit yeah. like that. Like, no, the Joker's gonna go out there, and he is going to fuck some shit up. He's always got a mission with chaos. Yeah, you he's know? got he. He doesn't have a plan, but if he says he's gonna do something, he's gonna go do it. That's like basically right, and he's gonna do it with no plan and just wing it. And yeah, whatever happens, whatever bad goes bad goes. You know, like that right. happens. Whatever you know, if he, if he accomplishes it, that's great. But if he doesn't, there's a there's a backup plan. Right. So he's ready for the situation. Um, so yeah, so I don't know about the Joaquin Phoenix one. I haven't paid much attention it's, to it. It's just it's directed by Todd Phillips, who mm-hmm. did Hangover. So didn't did he do Logan? Todd Phillips? Yeah. No. no. Logan. Google. I got one better for you. IMDb app. Yeah, yeah sucker. Todd Phila, uh Logan. Oh, so you've watched Logan. That shit made me cry. <laughs> that movie's so good. Yeah, right. Uh, James Mangold. Hmm. I don't know what he's done. I don't know either. It's weird. Oh, he did Walk the Line. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> he also did The Wolverine. Yep. So. Yeah, The Wolverine and Logan were really good. I think that they're like they're completely hitting their stride with um mm-hmm. you know with these kinds of movies. I do think that they need to chill the fuck out on them though. Which oh, are you on, talking like, about Marvel, Marvel, DC, like all the comic book movies, dude? Like they've just I love them to death. I love This is where like Kurt and I differ with, yeah. with our films is that Kurt's always like, "Oh, indie film and oh, this and this and I'm in the industry and this is what I like to watch. And that's fucking great. <laughs> that's fantastic. But that's not what I like to watch. What I like to watch is the big fucking blockbusters where they're blowing shit up. And yeah. give me a Michael Bay film, dude. Give me a fucking... <laughs> I don't care, man. Like, I want to yeah. see some fun shit. And then, you know, like every couple of weeks, I, you know, I, I got to... I gotta go and do a, a softer one or, or yeah. you know, something like that. Like, I'm pumped to see the Tim Burton Dumbo. Which is coming out at the end of the month. I've not, I've never been a huge fan of Burton. Really? I, I, one, his Batman's great. I love his, I love Tim Burton's Batman. Uh, And Batman Returns. And Batman Returns. Uh, I, I enjoy his style. 
I appreciate his style. I just it's hard. It's hard. Like the Willy Wonka. Yeah. The Char- sorry, his Charlie and the Chocolate Factory drove me batty. Really? Oh, I hate it. It's the worst. Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka. Well, hand. dude. Okay. I I agree one hundred percent that Gene Wilder kills it yeah. in William Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is a reimagining of the same story. And I get it for what it is. It's a way for that story to be told to a younger generation. Yeah. It's a way for that story to be told by Tim Burton and Johnny Depp for the younger generations because there's no way that, let's just hypothetically say that I have a kid in the next two years, right? And by the time that kid is 10 years old, it'll be, you know, 2030, 2032, something like that. There's no way, right? That's so weird to say. say But there's no way that a film that was made in what the 60s or 70s, yeah, 1960, 1970, that film's almost that film's 60 years old at that point in time. Yeah, around that age, there's no way that a kid who's 10 years old in 2030 is going to appreciate Gene Wilder for what Gene Wilder is. But there's a possible, so? there's a possible, I mean, like the film, the, like the kids who are into that kind of shit will definitely, yeah. you know, the, the, the comedian kids, the filmmaking kids, the acting kids. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. They'll check it out. But the normal kids, you know, doing their gymnastics or their fucking, yeah. you know, little league or something like that. Right. That movie grainy and, you know, just the limitations of the technology at the time are not going to hold up for those ki- to hold those kids attention but the Johnny Depp one might i think i think there's a different way you can approach it though <clears throat> because if you start off your child's life with crappier movies like when i show my if i ever have kids mm-hmm. and we watch star wars yeah they're watching 4 5 and 6 first really Absolutely. Oh they yeah. Need, they need it, it's. Don't even show them one, two, and three until, they don't even until need, they've like seen four, five, and six yeah. like four or five times. Yeah. They they dude. Need, they need to understand what the origin of that world was, like mm-hmm. where we got introduced to it was back at then. I didn't watch one, two, and three. For I watched four, five, and six. Well, one, two, and three didn't. For me, one, two, and three didn't exist until I was like. Towards the tail end of high school, anyway. One came out when I was like six, so my dad showed me mm-hmm. four, five. Yeah. Sorry, one came out when I was six. Okay, I didn't. My dad didn't show me. My dad showed me four, five, and six yeah. before I saw one. Yeah, and we saw one in the theater, so yeah. it was a grind fest. We sure. watched. We watched all three in nice. two days. Nice. Like, I, I, there's there are certain movies. I I think. I, I think if I would ever have children, I would show them older films before they started watching newer films, just to kind of yeah, give. Yeah, you can't you can't necessarily um, control that one hundred percent all the time. You know, like kids are gonna kids uh-huh. are gonna watch something on on the internet or on TV or something. Correct. You know, and it's my gonna, kids aren't getting phones for a while. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a that's a definite necessity. <laughs> um, I can't stand people who give their kids phones. I can't phones. Even believe it. Like on one hand, I get it because of like the ease and convenience of things. On the other hand, it's like, dude, not a smartphone. So no, not a smartphone. Like um, my ex had a 
uh, a nephew who got himself into trouble from time to time. Gotcha. Uh, he was completely seeking attention. Yeah. Wasn't getting it from you know his home life and things like that. Gotcha. And it didn't matter if it was negative or positive attention. So he would get in trouble, and he didn't have a phone. Like he he ruined his chances of getting a phone when it was right. appropriate uh, you know when he was an appropriate age to get a phone mm-hmm. he's like 18 now or something like that but he um you know he got, he also got himself into trouble so he needed to be checked up on yeah so it was like how do we check up on this kid when he's you know after school not at the house or things like that even if he's supposed to be at the house or something like that Right. How do we how do we check up on him when he is mobile? Yeah. And they found this thing and it's for little kids and it was this was this was funny. So it was his mom and his stepdad and they found this thing called a, like a June bug, I think it's called. Yeah, I know. And it's like a it's a cell phone that cannot text, no internet. It's like a little flip phone clamshell, yep. like for little kids kind of thing. Yep. And there's only like three to five numbers programmed into yep. it. And you don't have numbers to press. Yep. So you can either like go up, go down, and then hit send. Yep. And this like you get a phone call. 14, 15 year old kid. It's like a pager, kid, but you get a phone call. Right. This 14, 15 year old kid had to walk around with a fucking. And I think his stepdad got him like. A teal blue, yeah, fucking June bug, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, that's perfect. Mm. So, oh yeah, I mean, in that in that sense, like, I think that's the way to go with it. Yeah, is be like, I need to get a hold of you. You need to be able to get a hold of me, or or you know, someone yep. in the family or something like that, and be like, here's here's your device. Yep, you know, yeah, and you don't get another one. You don't, or you don't get a, you know. Uh, a a better one or anything like that. You get this one, and it's not about you. It's about me. It's yeah. about me being able to get a hold of you. Yeah, and you being able to reach out to these certain people if you need something. Yeah, you know, desperately or something. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think giving a kid under the age of eighteen the world in their pockets is the smartest idea. Well, it's. I mean, it's. There's a lot of shit on the internet that <laughs> so that's some what I of mean. those kids yeah. shouldn't be seeing. Exactly. Like, Kara works in a in a school. Yeah, she works in a, a special ed class, and they're not like they're not special in the sense of like severely special needs. They're like this kid's got anxiety, or this kid's got you know. It's like it's real bogus. Uh, some of it's real bogus shit. Some of it's legitimate. Like you know, this kid's like Asperger's got Asperger's. Or yeah, this yeah, yeah, kid's yeah. autistic or some shit like that. But then there are definitely those ones where it's like. Well, he has anxiety, and that's why he can't turn his homework in. And it's like, fuck you, you fucking assholes. That's not what it is. He's an asshole. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But she works in this classroom, and it's like these kids, they're high school age. You know? Yeah. So they're, they're between 14 and 18 years old. Yep. And these kids are, you know, one kid is fucking... All he can talk about is video games, yeah. and the, the video game that he plays is like a a first person shooter mm. and it's like he's talking about you know shooting things he's talking about like driving tanks into buildings all this kind of weird shit and on one hand it's like okay well you know like we talked about that stuff too you know yeah. like we had 
those kids that had those weird conversations. But, you know, you, you want to assume that these kids nowadays are going to have the same level of empathy for social things, you know, yeah. whether it be a terrorist attack or a shooting or, you know, whatever the case may be. You want them to have a certain level of empathy. And I think that the expectation of that mm-hmm. is off. Right. By um by by the public, yeah. you know, by the schools, by the adults. They're expecting these kids to know how to act in these <laughs> situations. And these kids, some of them don't even realize the imp- the implications of these situations. Yeah. You know, like a shooting that happens a world away, that happens on the other side of the globe, it's like it doesn't affect these kids whatsoever. Right. You know, and, and Kara was telling me, um, just this past September, when they did the September 11th, um, you know, memorial or, mm-hmm. or, or or remembrance or something like that, you know, yeah. and she goes, they played a, they played like a documentary or a video or something like that sure. of of the 9/11 like stuff. Yeah, and she goes, she was so upset with these kids because. They had zero, most of them had zero empathy. One of the kids started relating it to the video game that he plays. You know, like, they just didn't get it. And then... So, wait, so hold on. Mm-hmm. Just real quick. Some of her students don't have actual, like, psychological problems in their chemical makeup. Some of them don't have autism mm-hmm. or anything like that. They just have... But behavioral even, issues. Some, some of some of it's that, but even the ones who do have like autism or something, they are not like they're not down the spectrum. They're not. They're like they're like pretty well adjusted for the most part. Okay, so you know, they like, just have a hard time they just relating have a, yeah. to others. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So right. they have social problems. Right. Right. Okay. Completely. So they so, just have. Well, I mean, to be honest, I'm a. I can't speak for anybody who has autism, like that type of autism. Obviously, I could talk about Mikey. But sure, that's sure. A- whole different can of worms. 100%. Yeah. No, these kids, so these kids, they're it's high like, functioning. They're high functioning, and they know. They can they can read situations, and, and, and a lot of the thing is that they know how to manipulate. So that's why they're getting that's into they trouble. Those, that's, that's how, how most of them get in those classes because mm-hmm, they can manipulate their mm-hmm, parents and mm-hmm. they know they can. Right. Some parents so, are weak. So <laughs> the whole thing is that when when you know they see this video and they they start talking about it, it's like, dude, this is a tragedy. This was a tragedy that happened that shouldn't be joked about. Like no matter how long after the fact, yep. you know, it's like we're not even twenty years after the fact, and you know. Then she starts to realize, she goes, oh, a lot of these kids weren't even born until after 9-11. Yeah. So for them, it's not anything that they grew up with. It's not something that they saw. It's not something that affected them. Yeah. You know, any of that kind of stuff. And it's like, wow, we're at that stage of the game where kids who were born after 9-11 are now high schoolers and graduating high school, going into college and the workforce and everything. And it's like, I remember I was working at a, um, I was working at a, an Asian restaurant and like two or three of the hosts were young. They were like, um, 
you know, 15, 16, yeah. 17 years old kind of thing. And one of the girls told me at one point in time, it, it was like the, like two or three September 11ths ago. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, and, and you know, you just in those days, you're like, Oh, I remember what happened. You know, you might've been too young to like really remember. Nope. Nope. Um, I, was in, I was in third grade, Mrs. Okay. Hodges class. We shut that shit down yep. and listened to it on the radio. Okay. So like, Everyone, everyone who was coherent at the time and and able to remember remembers where they were. And, you know, you talk to previous generations, like my grandmother remembers exactly where she was and what she was doing when she found out that uh, John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Oh, I bet. You know, and like, (laughs) and, and, and it's that kind of shit. My mom like knows certain, she remembers certain things and, and whatnot, but, um, you know, that was a big one, and we were just kind of going around the horn and, and talking about, like, oh, what were you, you know, what's your September 11th story? What's yours? Right. What's yours? And this girl looks up, and she goes, I was born two months before September 11th. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. That's so and weird. then there was another girl that was like, I was born a year after September 11th. I was like, son of a it's so weird so you know you have to also keep that in mind when it's like you know this is something that was a huge situation for the people that were around and aware and alive have you been to the memorial no i haven't actually been to the memorial but i fucking heavy i bet dude i drove past the um i was only in new york city one time and I was there on a on a work trip, so I was working, and we drove. We were working down in the uh, Wall Street area, financial That's district. That's where it is. I know. So we drove past the, you know, one world place or whatever it's called now, like the build the building that they put in the spot. Oh, Tower One. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The World. The Trade. World Trade Center or something yeah, like that. I, I don't know what they call it. But yeah, so that's the only experience that I have with that. That um, was a monstrosity. Yeah. Yeah, it's 17, 1776 feet. 1777. Ooh. Or 70, 1776. Yeah, they built it that tall. Oh, yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, that was the middle finger. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's really heavy over there. Like, I witnessed someone who lost a family member mm. that was like one of the people that was visiting there was like putting oh like putting shit. a flower in the name and I was wow like, oh shit wow i was like okay you know that comedian pete davidson yeah his dad died it was a firefighter and died in 9-11 oh, yeah dude he's got some like bits in his stand-up about it oh wow. they're pretty funny but i mean it's it's also pretty like dark really fucking dark <laughs> right dude. so um well man yeah, dude. We just did three hours. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that didn't <laughs> really sound like, or seem like three hours, no. but dude, <laughs> yeah, yeah man, I get it. Definitely hit that three-hour mark. Yeah. Thanks for coming in. Dude, I appreciate it. I was pumped to do it. I'm sorry that I fucking got sick that day. Like, Don't be sorry about that So shit. I never finished that, oh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll do this one real quick. Segway. Yeah, right? So, um... So yeah, the day that I was supposed to come in and do your podcast, the day, the the day before, yep. I had, I you know I, I got something at Dunkin' Donuts and I had some coffee, right. and then after I worked on the motorcycle stuff, yep. I met up with Matt Shack, the the slap ass guy, yep. who hopefully will be on this show. He will um, soon. Yeah, and then um, he, 
or we had like we had lunch and I was like I knew I was going out to dinner so I was like okay I'm just going to do like a, a small appetizer. Yep. And then for dinner uh my my girlfriend and I and her parents went out for Chinese food. Mm-hmm. And like I started feeling nauseous and whatever and you know whatever. I went to bed that night. And I was like all right I'll sleep this off and you know hopefully I wake up and I feel good and I'll go out and I was pumped to do your your podcast and everything. Yeah. And I fucking wake up like two hours after I fall asleep and I'm throwing up. I'm like, dude. (laughs) So after that, and I threw up like two or three more times throughout the night. And then, you know, I'm trying to like feel better before I have to leave to come and see you and and all this shit. And I was like, finally, it just got to the point where I'm like, I can't do this. (laughs) I was in bed all day long. Like I was just, it was like, oh, this is so gross. I feel like crap. Right. And luckily it was on a Sunday and I, you know, and I was like, okay, well at least I didn't have to take a day off of work or anything. Right. So, um, I initially thought like, okay, I, I didn't eat very well. You know, I ate a lot of fried foods and, and all of this kind of stuff. So I was like, all right, well hopefully like it worked its way through my system. Now that I don't have a gallbladder, like lesson learned, I won't eat like that anymore. And, um, I feel better Monday morning. I go to work. One of the girls in my office gives me a queasy drop, which was amazing. <laughs> um, it's for like nausea. It's gotcha. supposed to like counteract nausea. And we have a guy in our office who is, um, he got a brain tumor, got brain cancer. So he was going through chemo and one of the chemo sicknesses is nausea. Yep. So this girl would give him these things all the time. So yeah. I was like, well, if the cancer guy is taking it, I feel <laughs> like I feel like my queasy my little queasy stomach's gonna be just fine. And it was. Monday, fine, go to bed, wake up the next morning, and Kara's in the bathroom throwing up. So it was I'm a like bug. it was a bug. It wasn't the the gallbladder, gotcha. you know. So um and then I met with my doctor and my doctor pretty much confirmed it. So I had I just so happened on Tuesday I had a freaking follow up with the surgeon. Gotcha. And, and I told him about it. I'm like, I woke up, you know, I woke up to my girlfriend and blah blah blah. And he's like, Nope, that's not how a reaction to your gallbladder being out. He's gotcha. like, even if you ate a, a bunch of like fried food, fatty foods, all that, yeah. There's the 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 time's up. I'm going over time now. No, you're fine. Um, it, it's just for me. <clears throat> I got you. Um, and I forgot to start the timer, so we were like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the longest episode in his, in the history of your podcast. It is. That's prob- awesome. Probably. Probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, not to not to get too graphic or anything, but, you know, the doctor said it was... Uh, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be reacting that way. So gotcha. Um, so yeah, I apologize for that. Don't apologize. Not being able to. You can't. Con- it's it's something out of your control. You can't control sure. a bug. But I'm glad that we were able to to get it going. And and Fuck I yeah. I want to just you know publicly say to Michael that I appreciate Michael uh, coming out here on short notice and filling in for me. So yeah. Um, you know. Obviously, you had talked to him just a week or two before that, so it was kind of like a, <laughs> a really quick turnaround. But um, yeah. but yeah, man, he came in and he helped out. And I've actually I've never even met Michael, but you know um, um, he's well, a good dude. Maybe after after this, we'll talk about the logistics of it. But Michael, sure. 
I want to have Michael on one of the episodes of Shane of Thrones. Oh, yeah, for sure. Obviously, it's your place, so we'll talk about that logistics, but yeah. No, absolutely. No, I'm pumped for for Shane of Thrones. Matt's basically going to be my co-host because it's going to be at his place because I go there to watch Game of Thrones because I'm not having everybody come out to the city. I can just myself go to the city. Yeah, right. (laughs) Go to the suburbs and hang out with them. So Shane of Thrones will be hosted at Matt Purcell's place. What, what? Well, buddy, thank you. All right, dude. Yeah, man. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And Absolutely. We will talk soon. Bye, everybody. Bye, people.